Thanks for tuning in to the Up and Over podcast, a podcast where a bunch of marks discuss pro wrestling, where nothing's real, everything's a work, and our opinions don't even matter. I'd like to start, firstly, by introducing the duo. The duo down in my bottom right. I don't know what you're going to be looking at on the pot. Uh, Casey's shaking his head like it's a good thing. Firstly, let's introduce the dad. It's going to be his first calendar year, 365 days moving forward as Papa C. This is Cortland. Hello. And then we have, again, in the Mission Impossible hat, we have Tom Cruise's doppelganger. That is going to be Patty Mills. Hello, everyone. Hi. And all that. Happy New Year and shit. Happy New Year to you, Pat. We have our Cadillac cowboy himself in... A cowboy shirt there. That's going to be my boy Ethan. How's it going? If I fall asleep, I've been up since 3 a.m. Watching bullshit. Like Tomohiro Ishii and Evil and the worst match of the year award already been won. (laughs) Oh, yes. Ah, the man laughing. The man that looks like Bam Bam Bigelow. It's going to stick with me till I die. The man streaming recording this rather from his living room that looks like a guest bedroom that is my friend my comrade that is casey el gordo gringo hi casey what this is really your living room though yeah bro this is like a corner of it i thought this was a joke like that's really your living room (laughs) bro it's a corner of it bro it goes out that way it goes out behind me i thought this was just a joke (laughs) i won't lie every time i listen back to these shows i think the same thing i'm like i'm breaking down what mike says it's his living room that looks like a bedroom is this man in his living room for real yeah bro it's a small corner i'll take a picture sent to you guys like so you can see we like establishes the first time we did this podcast y'all it's like a Um, right before fuck Right before we pressed uh, record, Casey did, um, I got made fun of by Pat for eating, uh, you know, eating my, my dinner. You don't know how, how hard it is to be he Mike. He was eating Clinton. canned tuna. Nah, he was eating I was. canned tuna. Bro. I was. I was. <laughs> it's, it's a side it's, of porridge. Uh, you know what? You don't know how <laughs> hard it is being Mike Klinsky. With a side of poor. <laughs> I, I, listen. <laughs> Fuck, guys. Give me a break. No, it's Love fine. You, Mike. It's fine. <laughs> Big Money Mike eating canned tuna. It's, uh, dude, it's gone. Not, not Big Money Mike. I told you. This got abandoned. I'm just trying to live the gimmick. Uh, now you're broken down like a car. Right, I'm eating two Dr. Peppers and my thoughts for dinner. You're fine. No shot, dude. Let's go. <laughs> Pat and I are twins. I bet he did have some canned tuna. Uh, fellas, today's podcast is WrestleMania 20, a.k.a. the end of the Reign of Terror. Before we jump in, Thank Did anybody you. want to cover anything else before we dive into this podcast? Uh, somebody got signed today by uh, AEW, yeah. today being Tuesday. Would anybody like to talk on that? That's uh, going to be Atlas, for one those Jake who don't. Atlas, for sure. Um, I like Jake Atlas a lot. Um, I didn't really watch much of his NXT stuff, but before he came to WWE, he was really hot on the indies. And then me and Mike saw him. And what was wasn't it his last match before he retired, Mike? The yeah, one... he, he retired in Chicago. Like he wrestled Effie at Effie's Big Gay Brunch, and then he was like, "Yeah, I don't really love this anymore, so I'm done." Um, and that was just in September. So he said that he didn't have a passion for it, and I guess he found a passion again. So good for him. It was kind of a random thing with him popping yeah. up at a at, that was at Daly's place. He popped up like at dark at Daly's place. Um, right. 
Good for him. I'm happy yeah. for him. Um, Ethan actually touched on being awake at 3 o'clock this morning. I was as well. Um, and we were watching night one of New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 16 live from the Tokyo Dome. Um, a couple things happened. We had uh, Yo Defeat Show was your opener. Uh, you had uh, Kenta, Taiji Ishimori, and El Phantasmo uh, beat Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Taguchi, and Rocky Romero by DQ. You had uh, a Tanahashi. DQ finish, by the way. Yeah, it was very weird. Tanahashi kind of lost his mind. Uh, you had the United Empire, Will Ospreay, Great O'Conn, and Jeff Cobb defeat Los Ingobernables de Japón. That's uh, Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Uh, you had Katsuyori Shibata return uh, against Ren Narita, uh, which was a banger of a match. If you haven't seen it, go out of your way to watch it. It was awesome. Great to see Shibata return to a full wrestling match. Very cool. Um, you had Evil become the new never openweight champion uh, by defeating Tomohiro Ishii in what Ethan deems as the worst uh, match of the year hey, already. You know what? I'm going to call it. <clears throat> worst match of the year. If there's something worse than this, you come see me about it. It's IWA Deep South is going to run shows. So it's oh, they going to cut off another finger down there or something? <laughs> Don't worry. The worst match will probably come from like NXT 2.0. It'll be fine. Oh, well, that whole promotion is the worst match of the year. <laughs> That's it, dude. Casey has officially waged war. Let's pull up in a tank. Um, Nothing's changed, I guess. You had Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defeat the Dangerous Techers for the uh, IWGP Tag Team Championships. Uh, you had El Desperado sure. defeat Hiromu Takahashi and retain his junior heavyweight championship. And then you also had Okada defeat Shingo Takagi for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Setting up Okada versus Osprey tonight as we are recording, but it will be uh, Wednesday for you guys, Wednesday morning at 3 o'clock in the morning. It would have Well, since, since that's happening and this will be out by the time, let's make picks real quick. And see who's right and who's wrong. Who's going to win, Okada or Osprey? Okada wins that. They're probably going to give it to Osprey, but I want Okada to win. But I feel like, it's like they're it, probably going to. It's like the weird part where it's like you go, well, it has to be. Like it almost makes sense for it to be Okada, especially for him beating Shingo. But like, mm -hmm. also, we just had the conversation. Like, and like, it doesn't really like dampen anything about what he had already said, but Okada making the comments about wanting to face Punk and Danielson, it's like, would you want your fucking, your champ to potentially leave with the belt to come to the States to do matches, or would you rather have him just but be the face that comes over? The only thing is, Osprey isn't living in Japan right now either. So either way you go, that belt ain't going to be staying at home. True. Unless they don't send Okada at all, which I'm pretty well, sure something's going to happen. Honestly, they, there's going to be some fucking strings <clears> that are going to have to get pulled because that whole area, because of COVID, is just a fucking disaster right now. Like, trying yeah. to get people in or out is so hard. That's why Osprey doesn't live there right now. It's because I think he got his... I don't think he has his visa right now to, to like, work yeah, for longer periods ready. of time. And I don't think they're issuing any out right now because like, they're, like, trying to keep it down. Condensed. Yeah. Um, you had CM Punk tweet today. Uh, here, uh, tweet at Okada and say, "Here's my address. Come see me." And it was the United Center's address. And they're running a show at the beginning of February at the United Center. AEW is. Um, mm -hmm. You think that we? You, do you think that we do see Okada here in the states? 
That's maybe not. I don't know because what's the date on the show? February third, I thought. New Japan's running like a whole tour through the end of January and February. Yeah, if Okada's that's... the champ, I don't see them taking him off of that just to come to a spot, especially with COVID getting bad over here again. Because yeah. Yeah, I think it's all just banter. I think we talked about it because it was like they do. It's like it's almost like a running joke about how long Wrestle Kingdom actually is because it's a three day long event, and then there's a tour that happens afterwards for like the entire month. So then it's oh, like yeah. Wrestle Kingdom doesn't end until fucking March at some point. Yeah, so Cortland, you were it probably was a cock tease. Cortland, you were going to say something. Uh, I think that we could see him on that event, but it'll probably be like a promo calling Punk out, setting it up in some type of way, or Punk just going to hint at it, like in a promo in the ring, make the crowd kind of lose it that he brought him up, make that fire build up a little bit more. We eventually get it. I think we're gonna. It's going to happen eventually. It just has to, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that it's one of those things that I wouldn't mind waiting on it. I don't think that it has to be, like, so quick. Like, I want it to be a really good build. I want it to mean something instead of him just showing up in February. Oh, hey, next, uh, in two days on Rampage, which is really tonight for this arena, we're going to go ahead and do this match, and everyone at home is going to find out the taping. Like, I don't want that. I'd rather it just build it good, give me a fucking date, give me all out, give me double or nothing what the fuck ever it needs to be um but set it up you know and set it up good Cortland, like, you you just said an eight month program my friend with all out could you imagine oh i'm we sorry get, we get that we get that do we not we get want that... long-term storytelling <laughs> we get that payoff in september holy the thing shit is, though, if they're gonna bring okada they gotta just have him do an excursion i mean i don't think you just bring okada for one match let him stay for a month or a month and a half and actually get your money's worth. Get Punk in. Get Danielson in. Fuck working against MJF. Somebody, do you, you know. want them to do basically the same thing they did with Suzuki, where they just have yep. to do a, ha- a handful? Or do you want them to, like, milk that out and you can actually I, get, like, pay-per-view buys out of that shit? Like, you can... <laughs> you could. I, I just don't know if New Japan's going to be like, okay, I'm going to give you him for multiple big dates, as opposed to just, here's you for a few weeks, you have him and do what you want to do. Fair. You know? I want... Okada on GCW shows with no barricade. I just think that is fucking insane. There's no chance Okada will. You just want to go to one of those to be able to try to touch him. You'd be like, ah. Listen, man, the story of meeting Minoru Suzuki is forever going to live in my brain. He stared at me and Mike. Stared at us. Like, just kept, like, side-eyeing us. As he's taking a picture with someone else, he'd be like. He's just like, and there was nobody else around us. It was just us. And uh, I, I mean, eventually we were just like, him too, so. yeah, I eventually just told Ethan, I'm just going to go up there and yeah, I think, like, I think the problem is, is, that, is that he's trying to take a photo and then you guys think you're just standing there when you're like slack y'all like at him. <laughs> so he's like, what the fuck are these guys doing? That's probably <laughs> what it is. He's like, are here. they going to attack me or something? Like, uh, Dude, he would have whooped our ass. He's like, oh, what, yeah, no, 55? No He'd beat the shit out of Ethan. He'd fucking get murdered dude, too. here's the thing. There's no, literally, you know, you see Suzuki and you hear all this stuff and then you see him on there and he looks so cool and has this aura about him. But then you get in that room and when you make eye contact with that man, it's different. I'm like, and the thing is, he's not like a huge guy, you know what I mean? But it don't matter. He's just, I'm just like, damn, it's the same thing with like, huh? he's, scary. he's 53 and he would beat yeah. the shit out of everybody here. 
Easy. But just to touch on one more thing about that, I don't know if I want him to come over to AEW and then have a few weeks with him. Like, I don't think that everyone's going to feel the same way they did about it happening with... Just one um, match? Is that what you're, what you're going to? No. Um, I mean, like, what's the words I'm looking for? Like, Suzuki came over, right? Mm-hmm. And how many matches did he win in AEW? Are right. people going to treat Okada losing that many matches... The same the thing. He's as... not going to be able to lose. And that, then it's going to exactly. be a thing of, is, is Tony Khan going to let his people lose? That's why it works so well for them is because he came over, put a shit ton of people over, and, and then he left. But it was still Okada a huge draw over, for him. Yeah, it's have... a huge draw, but like somebody's, somebody's got to win at the end of the day. I let have... him beat MJF. Let I him take a... MJF's win streak. I have a thought. Gortland. Where it's... <laughs> God damn it. Or we can kind of get like a you scratch my back, I scratch your back. He comes over, he does something with with Punk. It's magical, whatever. Honestly, the longer we keep talking about it, I'm like, Punk doesn't really fucking deserve it, but like that's what he wants. I don't give a shit. If Okada wants it, Okada can get it because it's Okada. However, the other person in that conversation was Brian Danielson. What if Danielson Mm -hmm. goes to Japan? He needs yeah. to go work to so G1. It's, so it's you have you have him G1. do that instead. So it's like you don't take Okada away for weeks or months, or you have them do all the things for AEW. You go cool. Like I'm fucking mildly aware that like Danielson wanted to go to Japan. So it's like a two birds right. one stone. He does something to help New Japan out. They don't really need the help, I guess. But like he does something for them. He also gets to go there. Maybe he does an excursion instead. And then everybody wins. Nothing happens here because we got a Hiroshi Tanahashi tease, like, live. Showed him on the fucking, like, Tron and everything. Never happened. So we don't get anything happening here. It's all just smoke and mirrors. They're just talking shit to talk shit. Yep. With that, let's get into this damn podcast. Mm. Our final... Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to paint this in because you're just going to go right into it. We're jumping. We're jumping ahead. Just so everyone listening and watching this knows, we're (laughs) full transparency. None of us want to fucking talk about the Reign of Terror anymore. And unfortunately, there's like a year and a half more of it that we'd had to go through, and we're over it. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's the same shit over and over again. It hasn't. We've been trying to make it as fun and lighthearted as possible, but we all sat down and went, fuck it. Let's just do WrestleMania 20. It's a WrestleMania. It's a fairly decent WrestleMania. And then we'll just fucking move on from there. Yeah, we had like two or three months more podcast-wise to go through before at, we got through this. I'm minimum. telling you, man, I wasn't making it, bud. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, we're obviously going to cover other things and, and not to spoil any things, but like we want you, the listeners and watchers, to have inputs on it. So there'll be things on our Instagrams and TikTok, or uh, not TikTok, but uh, Twitter instead of, like, your guys' inputs on what we can do. But, like, yeah, like, this is fucking brutal. It's just tiring. Mm-hmm. Cumbersome, like a, if you will. It's like a terrible homework assignment. Yeah. That's but like every week. <laughs> it's easy to do the big four for WWE because at least we have SmackDown on it. 
Um, and that again happens here at WrestleMania where the best matches on this card per 2003, 2004, 2005, it's SmackDown product. And thank God there's some on this shit because yeah, I, I was not I'll, ready to watch more Raw. And I'll say, like, I don't, I don't think we're going to completely skip away from these years anytime soon because there are some actually good smackdown pay-per-views but like if i have to talk about fucking triple h and scott steiner and fucking test and any and of Kevin those motherfuckers, oh. like at nauseum for this time period anymore i just i don't think i don't think we'll last so i apologize my wonderful leader over here mike you may have the throne again let's get this shit over with I now want to change course and just say that we're going to continue doing this just to say fuck you to Casey for interrupting me. Um, but no, this is this is going to do it, fellas. So let's get through WrestleMania 20. It is our 11th podcast. This was March 14th, 2004 at Madison Square Garden in New York City, New York. We had 20,000 in attendance. Um, we immediately go live to the ring as Howard Finkel announces the world-renowned Boys Choir of Harlem performing America the Beautiful. Um, we get a promo package for WrestleMania. And I don't know how y'all felt about this promo package, but it was two totally separate entities. The first half was kind of Vince McMahon, like, just giving himself the, the tug around, right? And then the second half was, like, one of the best promos possible. But, like, the first half was definitely, like, Vince, like... Oh, yeah, buddy. Mm -hmm. Like, he was, you know, appeasing Boy, himself. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, ah! WrestleMania is legal now. Yeah. everything. Yes. Um, but the second half of the promo package was awesome. <laughs> Ethan, go ahead. All I need to say is, first off, you said tugger. <laughs> I actually have it. Uh, the first half of this promo package feels like Vince tugging on his own dick a little bit, but I didn't want to read it that vulgar. Well, let me tell you what it ends with. Y'all y'all got to remember, right? Vince and Shane holding what I assume is their child. <laughs> There's no context. What? It's just like, all he just looks at me all of a sudden. It's just like... Well, it's, it's, so like, it's like an aggressive fucking zoom in on fucking Vince's <laughs> creepy ass face and it <laughs> zooms out and you're like why do they have a baby what I, baby is this I bet if you compared his face there and the face in his like NWO promo they're the exact <laughs> same fucking face he's like I'm gonna kill it and then there's the baby and he's like I'm gonna I made my son made this <laughs> how do you work that <laughs> It's just a tale of two different things, right? It's Who's so child? weird. I don't know. I, I think, think it's just it's a random baby. I think it's Shane's. I, think I hope it's not Shane's. I hope it's yeah. just a random child. That would be um, a lot funnier if he was just like, hey, you random assistant, you have a baby. Let me see you just baby. had one. You're still hired if you let me borrow that baby. <laughs> That's such a weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> moving on. We, uh, we get JR and King welcoming us. Then we pass it over to the Spanish announce team. And then to Michael Cole and Taz. Uh, all those guys are dressed to the nines in suits and ties, uh, and I loved that from the old WrestleManias that, like, made those shows stand out when they were, like, dressed up and they looked good, and King isn't in his, like, 2003 Affliction shirts. Um, we immediately, like, have John Cena coming out. Uh, it's the first match on the card, which is Big Show defending the United States Championship against John Cena. Casey, I swear to God, if you interrupt me again. I had my hand raised. That's true. Sorry. So, the longest <laughs> bit of notes that I have on this entire pay per view 
Is for this match? I wrote down word for word the rap. Oh, you're a piece of shit. All right, well, John Cena comes out. Casey, take the floor in your uh, living room that looks like a guest bedroom. You got the franchise player on the Super Bowl stage, so get that Gorilla Big Show out of his cage. Ain't no way I'm going to lose to that King Kong ripoff. That's like Gary Coleman beating Patrick Ewing in a tip-off. <laughs> I wish cheers, bud. They love it. They were cheers. They love the shit out of this. I wasn't booing. I said, Ooh. "Oh, gotcha." My fault. Big Show is oh, yeah. is really an ape with opposable thumbs, and he stuffs his singlet. Looks like he smuggle in plums. Plums. Yo, everybody, he can't see me. I'm itching to beat him like a penis with with an STD. I'm itching to beat it. Like a penis with an STD. I'm not even wrestling, Big Show. That that's a whole, the whole thing's a charade. My match is with the <laughs> hippo float from the Macy's Parade. Look, look, look! John Cena has said a lot of things in his career and his life, but the fucking hippo from the Macy's Day Parade has probably made me laugh harder than anything I've ever. Had. <laughs> So it's time to get a championship to match these custom nucks. Madison Square Garden, say it loud, baby. Big show Big sucks. Big show sucks. And then they start right, chanting. Awkward, chanting. Big show sucks. Let's, uh, let's, can, we, can we monetize the probably only recording of Bam Bam Bigelow rapping? <laughs> Is he that plays a mean saxophone at one point in All his right, career. I'm fucking done with this Harlem, conversation. Look, look. Harlem Boys Choir? Yeah. John Cena's rapping. <laughs> <laughs> I was going high. I can't lie. I the Harlem Boys Choir. Good lord. <laughs> hey, dude, they killed that shit. They did, dude. They crushed it. <laughs> they killed um, that shit. Everybody and then you loved it. Like, Madison Square Garden <laughs> ate that shit up. They loved it. I'm still uh, trying to figure in out. New York? Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how it's two. It what? We're 2004? Yeah. Right? 2004 yeah. at this point? Yeah. 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 I understand that like 9 11 happened a couple years oh. prior. But like, <laughs> how the fuck? Like, like, what but, do like you want to... but like, look at No, no, no. No, no, no. Look. So, like, there's no <laughs> pro America for like two and a half years. And then randomly at like Armageddon or wherever the fuck we just covered, it's like aggressive America. And it's even more aggressive America now. And I'm like, what the fuck happened hey. for like two and a half years? Casey, Casey, Casey. What are you, one of those anti-American sympathizers? I'm with La Resistance. <laughs> I'll fucking tweet it like Bubba Ray, right? Bully Ray, whatever the fuck he goes by. He'll, you'll be on Sirius XM, bud. He's going to make fun of you. Good. Um, He's going to give you a great idea and bust it open on how you should book this podcast. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, I loved watching you say, I know we're only a few years removed from 9-11, and watching Cortland go... Of all people that we need to edit this podcast for, it's the guy recording. I watched him process through his head. He was just like, "Oh fuck my!" Like, um, I'm keeping it and I'm defending it. I just, oh I no, saying, it's I good. Don't know, I don't know where like the aggressive amount of pro America happens at this point in time with them. Look it up. We have listen. Who did, it, who there's did no we kill and feel bad about. There's no Go coincidence ahead. that La Resistance shows up. Ethan doesn't know how to pronounce it, and then America. Right? There's no. That's correlating, right? I guess. Um, 
we have Cena out first. I'm, I'm tired of talking about this. Uh, we have Cena out first, and knowing what we know in 2021 about John, or 2022, oh Jesus, about John Cena, starting the pay-per-view with him felt crazy to me, uh, but the crowd was mega hot for him. Um, I enjoyed the opener a ton. Uh, I thought it was a really fun one. Uh, Cena worked from behind really, really well in this. They made Big Show look like a monster for no reason. Um, Just but... to remind you that he's a monster. Casey. There's no reason. There is a reason to make him look like a monster. That, that's fair, right? He he is a giant, right? Um, then you have Cena trying to pull out all the stops, and then he kind of goes to like his old heel ways, tries to use his chain, and then uses the lock, or is it brass knuckles? I it's, thought it was. It's one of the word life knuckles. It's one of the word life guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and just cracks Big Show with it, then hits an fu, uh, and wins. That looked the great. Time. It was awesome. It was very cool. It looked crowd was in the first one. Crowd was going bonkers for this. Um, I will give my rating first, and then you guys can cover it. I went three flat on it, y'all. Okay. Let's go to Cortland. Uh, I gave this match two and a half stars. Same here. Yeah. I had it. Uh, listen, it's important that you know I had it at two and three quarters. And I said, you know what? These motherfuckers in the bottom right-hand corner are going to make fun of me if I don't go a gentleman's three. And so I did. I bumped it up to a gentleman's three. And then look at y'all. Two and a half. Two and a half. Casey. Oh, go ahead, Cortland. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. Um, I mainly gave it two and a half only because I wish that it would have been a minute shorter it's not that it overstayed its welcome. I just feel like the story could have been told in that amount of time, especially with working the big show as being the big guy. You cut this match from nine minutes to like seven and a half, eight minutes, and you're looking at a three-star match, especially with the finish being... <clears throat> it's always cool seeing a face do a heel move that gets the crowd pumped, you know, because it's not supposed to happen. You broke the Matrix, like Pat said. Like, you broke the Matrix and then we're fucked. And John Cena did it for like 20 years. He did it all the time. Just heal yeah. shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> loving it. Fucking Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, my two and a half is solely because of time, not for anything else. They worked just fine together. I like it. Uh, let's go to Casey. I gave it two and three quarters, so you're fine. You can keep keep it all in that same area. Uh, uh, it It's weird hearing Madison Square Garden collectively chant, let's go. Cena. Yeah, like there's not yeah. a combative. <laughs> there Cena wasn't sucks. a single fucking person that wasn't with it. So I'm like, oh, that was like, it just felt weird kind of knowing like how much he's disliked now and how much it's almost a game to like chant against him. Um, yeah. But like they fucking, they kept that crowd, com- they kept their attention the whole time. They went fucking bananas. A couple of times, like, I thought it was a great way to start off WrestleMania, and then given how they kind of fuck that up for most of the rest of the pay-per-view, but, like, I thought it was a good start, so, like, yeah, two and three quarters is commendable. It's probably, I think, the best Big Show match we've watched this whole time. No jeans. Yeah. No jeans. No jeans. We're almost out of that whole era, which is awesome. Thank God. Uh, Ethan, what'd you go on this, bud? Three stars. Um, To me, it's just... um. You know, when I watch all this old John Cena stuff to me, I see why they booked him the way they did and the why they thought he was going to be the guy. Because, I mean, this match right here, you get the John Cena formula that you're going to get 
for years down the line. And it was to me, you know, it was his first WrestleMania, his first title win. You know, to me, it's that first, to me, it's a household match. I've seen this match seven, eight, nine times. It's on all of John Cena's DVDs. It's on, you know, any compilation that's John Cena or WrestleMania related. This one's going to come up. Him, FU and Big Show for the first time is going to come up. Um, I mean, this just gets a gentleman's three off the rip. I mean, Cena didn't do but like two or three things the whole match, but I mean, that's all yeah. he needed to do, and I think they saw He's that in back because that's all he fucking would do for the next two or three years. But it was great. Sound like a hater, bud. Um, I don't Me? think there. Yeah, I don't think there's no. any coincidence that uh, when people started hating John Cena is when he released his uh, album of no. his rap song. I got two copies, baby. Oh my god! I, I was the just speaking. Peep this, peep this. I got the album, and I went to a John Cena album signing at Fort Bragg. <laughs> so moving, moving on, about. moving on. Chain Gang is the click. Um, we had Jonathan Coachman walking down the hallway, running into a couple people, most notably Teddy Long, giving him a big old hug. Holla, holla, dude, time out. Was the most light skinned shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Teddy Long, Teddy Long walks up. Nobody to can him comment on it. Great he job. says, "Wait, what do you say? Hold up, wait a minute. Put a little WrestleMania in it." Yeah. Or Coach has no idea what to say to that. Because who wouldn't know what to say to that? <laughs> then, you know, Teddy Long represent represent. This man, Coach, walks away and goes, "Yeah, man, you're always representing." <laughs> <laughs> And he like rolls his eyes and shakes and he's like, you're always representing Teddy. And he's like, Jesus Christ. Get me out of here. Um, he, he then walks into Eric Bischoff's office, um, and it's Bischoff and Johnny Nitro standing there. Uh, yes, sir. And uh, Bischoff tells Coach to go find The Undertaker, in which Coach says, nah, I don't really want to do that. And Bischoff says, oh, you're going to do that. Um, then we get... We we cut to Randy Orton, uh, Batista, and Ric Flair in a like near a staircase backstage. Uh, Orton reminisces on how he kicked Mick Foley down those stairs behind him, and they show the clip. Um, and this was kind of like uh, it was like, all right, let's record, and then we'll record in a different area, and we'll record in a different area. And uh, it felt like it was a long promo, but I loved that they let Orton do everything here, man. Um, I mean, the goal is to continue with Orton being the legend killer, and uh, we'll touch on that match as we get to it, but um, I didn't hate it, man. I, I just thought it took forever to get where they needed to go with the promo. Two things. Mm -hmm. One, I, my only note is, could they have just made this a video package? I did not need to hear him recap the whole fucking thing. And didn't they air like, a video package later? Yeah. yeah, they redid yeah. it anyways. And then two, because of all those different camera angles, like the one of the last ones where it's basically like on Batista's shoulder is like the most awkward because he's like And he's got his shades on. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> it was just like it went on for so fucking long. I was like, couldn't we have just like sped this up a little bit? Or like, you were like, he was just like at a leisure pace of like, and then three Mondays ago, you, know, you could you could <laughs> you could definitely tell they were trying to kill time. Like it was four and a half hours long. And they didn't need to kill no time, man. Shut <laughs> up. Cut um, this off. Put it on WWE.com. Fuck. <laughs> right. Right. 
Um, <laughs> what a shit show. Um, <laughs> then we go to one of two Fatal 4-Way um, tag team matches. This is oh. for the Raw tag team titles. We have, and I'm going to read it as I have it because my phone auto-corrected it. Booker T and Rob Van Adam as your <laughs> champions. Uh, Booker T and RVD as your champs. Uh, taking on Mark Jindrak and Garrison Cade versus the Dudley Boys versus the Resistance, La Resistance. I have to hop in before you, anyone says a word. Two things off the rip. First off, have y'all noticed one thing that hasn't changed after we've done skip like eight months? They still have the old tag team title graphic in the graphic yeah. for the belts. <laughs> It's been mm-hmm. different since 2002, and it's been two years now, and they still Bro, haven't changed it. We've got priorities, man. we got to get fucking Jindrak yeah, we gotta and get Garrison Triple H Cade over, right? fucking ready to go. Dude. Oh, and then God. Booker T and Rob Van Dam's hit single. Oh, I that was... I, the first note, books, a book in RVD's theme is fucking wild. I, I wrote, what is happening? I wrote Booker RVD mashup song is... Interesting. It's just like Not random, good. random so like hip hop sounds, and it's like what of a kind, like really randomly. <laughs> it's such a weird song. It's not even I, a matchup. It's like they I added a little have... background beat and then threw in clips from each of their songs. Yeah. yeah, it's like a random like hey, what of a kind. Like it's such a weird song. I would have died to have been in the same room as Pat to hear that because I'm sure Pat had a – pause that and rewind it real quick, Cortland. I need I to hear it again. I had to stop. I was like, what the fuck am I listening to? And they, they yeah. kept it going. It was like a solid minute and a half of that shit playing. Um, I know that was Spotify. I th- yes, please. Top hit. Um, <laughs> this uh, – Casey, let's start with you because I, I, I know you're going to have a good time with this one. Uh, he actually so, sent it in the group chat. Did they really need two Fatal Four Way Tag Team uh-huh. Championship matches? They did. Bro, I fucking certainly so. I hate this fucking match formula. It makes no fucking sense. It it's sudden death, so it's the first pinfall wins. Right, it's, a, it's the first pinfall wins. You can you can get tagged by anyone in there, which like for just throw out every other thing and just think fucking basic ring psychology why would i go anywhere near any other fucking team the entire match mm-hmm. it ah god and yeah why the fuck did they go hey we have one for raw let's do the other one for smackdown too because like that should you know that makes sense um my next note in all actual this was, uh, anger, actual anger is being felt right I now. The today. It was the uh, yeah, you know, it was just uh, not uh, even finding words. It's, it's, <laughs> I watched all this today, guys. I, am I did too. Tired. Me too. <laughs> I did too. My it's brain. Fine. My next note, though, during all this was ah yes, Jindrak and Garrison Cade. Anyways, like, <laughs> like I name I one thing they did in this match. I had to <laughs> look up who the fuck they Garrison Cade was. They had an entrance, really? I That's did not remember him at all. Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch, baby, two thousand. I remember Trevor Dude. Murdoch. I don't remember Cade at all. <laughs> Rest in peace to the king. Right. Yep. Garrison, yep. Um, fuck. The only they had an entrance, was... Ethan. To answer your question, they, they had an entrance. That's all I could say that they did in this match. The only other thing I have written down was, ah, yes, let's do rest holds in the middle of a fucking fatal four-way. Dude, it... 
That's just horrible, bro. <laughs> okay, I'm going to yeah. circle back now because you you had brought this up, Mike. Um, Bubba Ray the other day had tweeted like how to get yourself over in 2022, and I'm like, you're a 10 plus year veteran in this match, and you let this dog shit happen. You thought that psychology would make sense to have someone do a fucking rest hold in a tag team fatal four-way match for like half the match. It wasn't a rest hold, brother. He was, he, was, he was trying to win by a headlock, brother. Also, shit, also I'm going to talk about shit because he, he brings right. up that if your if your entrance music isn't as pop is is less popular than your moves are, then you're not over. I'm like, no one gives a fuck about the, about the Dudleyville song. They also <laughs> get the tables and fucking do a 3D. Yeah. You're <laughs> you're talking Dude. yourself into a and hole. Maybe what's up? Like your your three moves yeah. of doom, buddy. Enjoy it. What All Bubba Ray cares about is that every man in this match was a real man. Real men. Yeah, real men, dude. Real Back men. in the day, brother, backstage, the real men really fucking swung their nuts around. I gave this a one and a half. I don't even know why anymore. <laughs> you're you're finding reasons to go lower. <laughs> honestly, the longer I talk about it, I'm like, fuck, I got, I, honestly, I'm, I'm sticking to what I wrote down, but I, the one and a half. Ethan. I give it two stars. Because the one for SmackDown... <laughs> the, the one for SmackDown later is fucking worse. At least this had some decent little shit packed in there. Jindrak and Cade were worthless. They did nothing. <laughs> fucking Booker T and Rob Van Dam did some cool shit. What's so goddamn funny, boys? <laughs> Everyone just listened to me lose my fucking mind for like five uh, minutes. And, and then you're like, like it's okay. <laughs> The thing it's, is, it's, it's nice being someone that's like rational right now. Talk. <laughs> hey, that's I'm, fine. I've lost my mind. You know, it made me feel like I'm an idiot because I was over here looking at my two stars, and you're over here like one and a quarter, maybe. <laughs> I was trying to find reasons to go to a one. Dude, don't don't look for a reason. Just do it, man. <laughs> no, I'm a man. I'm a man of the notes. It's a... okay. All right, who's next? Uh, let's go, Pat. Pat knew it too, uh, man. I watched him almost start talking before I said it. He was like, "Yep, it's coming to me." I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest, man. I'll go one and three quarter. I didn't rate it at all. I'm gonna go one and three quarter. It was honestly a horrible match, though. Like, let's keep it a buck fifty. It was really, really bad. Um, the inning was okay though. I'm not gonna lie. You know, um, man. but whatever. Casey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down on you here in a minute. Uh, Cortland, okay. what did you go on this, my friend? I give it a star and three quarters as well. Uh, my only gripes about this match is Devon never tags in. Um, you know, like like you said, rest holds for half of the match. That's only seven minutes long. Um, there's no fire in this match whatsoever other than the crowd eating it alive. They're the fire of this match. Um, and they're kind of – the crowd feels like they're pushing it to get the fuck out. And luckily, I think that they read on that and they got the fuck out. And um, – yeah, that's all I got to say about this match. I should have gone lower. <laughs> at least someone read the crowd on this night because two men later on didn't read the damn crowd. At all. all right, go ahead. <laughs> I actually have that note too. Um, <laughs> Cortland, I don't think you should have went lower. I think a star and three quarters is right where this needed to be, to be completely honest with you. Um, all right, I feel that. I think it's definitely it, – it's worth the star and three quarters. I just – for WrestleMania match, this shit should have been on heat. Um, it's obviously a payday just to get 
Um, Eight guys paid. paid. That's what I have. This felt like it was a match to get a lot of these guys paid. Martin Jindrak had to eat on this night. He had to get his bonus pay, bud. That pay-per-view money. You Um, get that Mania money, nothing's fucking sweeter. So, I mean, you got all those dudes in the match. However, sometimes that does hurt you, though. Because, I mean, we've heard about people doing Battle Royals and Mania thinking they're going to get a big cut and realize that match has X amount of money divided between x amount of people um so sometimes it's not a great payday and you also eat the bed so yeah um the finish of you this know? came when here we go uh the dudleys go for a 3d on booker t garrison cade ethan's new favorite uh runs in takes out bubba and then rob Conway takes out devon um and then booker t hits a scissors kick leading to rob um, van damme's five-star frog splash on rob conway they retain i want to start in three quarters um, I will say, Devon realizing that the 3D didn't connect to him, being like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> audibly was like, the hell happened? Dude, Bo Murray got fucking annihilated. <laughs> he got taken out, baby. Um, I would have died if at that moment um, you have Jim Ross call it a flapjack because I know Cortland probably would have broken his TV. Yeah. I know Cortland probably would have broken his shit. Dude, uh, I was waiting. I remember saying, "Where's the flapjack?" <laughs> <laughs> Similar bullshit. Um, yeah, yeah, I went. I went one and three quarters on this. Uh, Casey, my question to you is: This or Tori Wilson, Don Marie? I mean, unfortunately, this like you know that like it like. <laughs> At least this is a star in three quarters. I love that I pop you guys in a bad way every time I mention that, but I'm never letting it go. Okay, moving on. We had Coach backstage. (laughs) Go ahead, Casey. What you got to say? Open up. First of all, it's like you're going to be like, okay, so like, listen, fucking... Kenny Omega or Chris Jericho or Don Maria Torkelson. Never set like... it to a good match, you piece of dog shit. Let's get it straight. You're gonna tell me one time. I'm gonna shock y'all in a little bit. It's fine. Uh, Coach is shown backstage looking for the Undertaker. Um, there's Ooh. mysterious My noises, weird, creepy noises. <laughs> Fuck off, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta take my uh, through a door. And uh, who comes out but Mean Gene Okerlund covered in oh, some smooches. <laughs> and then you, also have, then you also have Bobby the Brain Heaton. Uh, he comes out covered in kisses. And uh, who comes out? To the brain. I was going to say, I bet he showed his brain. Um, <laughs> then you had, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had Mae Young and Fabulous Moolah come out. And they're kissing all over him. Um, the only thing that I have from this is... Uh, when they cut to King and Jim Ross, King says, what do you think they were doing, JR? I bet they were playing Naked Twister. (laughs) And you know what comes next? We learned a new word on this night. We have carpet burn and denture burn. Oh, my God. DB or CB, what you want tonight? Fuck us up. Dude, man, I think the the brain had denture burn. My my note for this is just coach walks in on old people fucking. Um, I have Gene Okerlund (laughs) getting his fuck on in the backstage area with three question marks. (laughs) Um, I love how uh, I love how Bobby the brain goes. Wait, us? It's not what you think. (laughs) 
<laughs> door like open. <laughs> uh, what a mess. What a fucking mess. Um our next match was a very good match, and I'm actually gonna pass it to a peep that I know. The man Oh, I saw him look right at the camera. I'm passing it right to you, Corey. Go ahead and take us into this match, my friend. We get Christian versus Chris Jericho in a grudge match, really. Yeah, this is one of um it's obviously straight from the brain of Vince McMahon. Uh, it's one of those love story, uh, best friends fall apart. And uh, this all started because Chris Jericho made a bet for uh, one loony, which is one United States dollar, that he could nail Trish before Christian could nail Lita. Good old-fashioned. <laughs> the old belt. And, of course, Nailer the story goes, Chris Jericho falls in love with Trish Stratus, and this begins the rift between two friends that could only end here at WrestleMania. And uh, this is a solid match. I think that the main thing that I would take away from it is that uh, these two under the bright lights are always going to put on a spectacle no matter what. Um, and I think that they're one of those... These two getting the crowd back is one of the things that was detrimental to this pay-per-view. Um, and I don't know if they switched stuff around or what they had to do, but this match definitely brought everyone back to remember, like, oh, shit, we're actually at a good wrestling event. Um, however, we get the screw job in the end, which isn't really a screw that you think of. Trish jumps on the apron, uh, causes Christian to get this pinfall, and then the end of this match, Trish is holding back Chris Jericho from attacking Christian once again. He turn, She turns him around and slaps him. Christian comes in and uh, attacks Chris Jericho once the match is over, and they leave. And at the ramp, Christian and Trish make out with each other to a very upset, very perturbed Chris Jericho in the ring. Um... I enjoyed this match. I wish that it could have... It, I don't want to say it could have been shorter or could have been longer. Uh, I think it's right at that perfect spot, 14, 15 minutes, uh, especially for near opener of the card. Um, it just felt like it could have been... It could have gone a different way <clears throat> to me. I don't know why that uh, it feels like this match could have been better to me. Uh, watching it back so many times, like I have this pay-per-view... Um, this match always stands out to me. Even when I watched when I was a kid, I was like, man, I just, I really thought that they could have put on a four star or better under this light. But due to the storyline, I just feel like they couldn't pull it out. Um, but I gave this match three and three quarters. I, I do enjoy it. I think both of them are fantastic workers. And um, yeah, man, world champions all around. So what's not to love? I dig it. Ethan, would you go here, my friend? I did three and a quarter. I thought it was really good. Um, I really and truly don't have a whole lot to say about it. Cortland really covered all of it. I mean, with Jericho and Christian, you're going to get a good match every time. You know, there's not a lot of flash and flair. And like he said, I feel like, you know, they may could have, they may could have even cut two or three minutes off and did a little bit more in the time they had and got up to a four-star match mm -hmm. for me for sure. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah. for what they were doing, you know, I'm not going to sit here and complain because, like you said, it brought the crowd back. Um, and I just like seeing Jericho work babyface again. He looked so sympathetic here. His facial expressions the whole time were really good. 
Um, and then Christian, I love him as a heel doing this whole thing. He's about to go down the road of doing being a little shit bag. So I went three and a quarter on it. How about you, Casey? I had wrote down, this is what the test and Steiner feed was supposed to be. That's fair. This whole thing was just like when they originally had pitched that idea, this is what it was supposed to have been. And God damn it. Was it nowhere near <laughs> as perfect as this match was? I gave it three and a quarter, um, and I do want to correct Cortland on one thing. Um, they did not make out. It was uh, they did the uh, two tongued tango. Oh, go fuck yourself! Is what uh, I believe <laughs> Jr. says. Pat, I gave it four stars. Um, personally, I, I love this match. Also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a step further. I think. Every teenage male between the ages of 13 and 18 should watch this match and this storyline to learn one of the most valuable lessons that you will ever learn in your fucking life. And that's to never, ever in your life be a simp. And what happens (laughs) when you are a simp is what happened to Chris Jericho. Yeah. The match was perfect. The ending sold it for me because it was just exactly what a dude like me who's been in situations like this who simped it before and got fucked over i seemed to come in a mile away i was like i don't know man i don't really trust trish running out here randomly she ran out here she distracted my mans he gets pinned and then not only not only does he get distracted and, and pinned but then he goes after her again he didn't learn the lesson from the beginning he waited he waited, and then he got fucked again. And then he got fucked again. Without really getting fucked. Without anyway. really getting fucked in the end. You made a bet, and you lost the bet, and still lost the girl. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough tough business for Christian. You think Christian paid him the Canadian. Dollar? It's important that y'all know. Canadian. It's Canadian. Right? Um, yeah. No, he didn't get that money. Um, I doubt it. Can, can we talk about a couple things? Firstly... Jim Ross's use of CLB, which stands for Creepy mm. Little Bastard. Yeah. Stuff. Um, this went 15 minutes, and Cortland and Ethan said that you could maybe have gone a little shorter. I don't think so. Um, I think this was a match that you almost needed in this spot because the other two were like two matches on this card so far have been less than 10 minutes. You needed something a little bit longer that the crowd could dig their teeth into so they didn't get too tired too quickly. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, there was a spot where Christian has a Texas Cloverleaf in, and then Jericho reverses mm. it into the walls of Jericho. Good shit. Um, mm-hmm. But can we talk about how the star of this whole feud was Trish Stratus? Uh, this is one of the best heel turns I've seen in, in this whole time period, man. Um, it was awesome. I loved it. I loved every little bit of it. Um, it was super cool. I went three and a half. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was, for sure. I definitely think Cortland's right. It could have been something different. But the storyline called for this kind of match, and I enjoyed it, man. I didn't think it was bad. Um, we get a Mick Foley segment backstage being interviewed by Lillian Garcia. He's really kind of stoic here and just kind of like, yep, I'm, you know, ready to fucking beat ass. And uh, The Rock comes up. He lightens the mood. You immediately see it, like, change. Like, the entire body language of Mick Foley changes, which it sold me on the match if, you know, you weren't watching this to keep up with it. Like, you obviously could see Mick's tense about maybe losing in front of his hometown crowd and the rock kind of comes out and 
makes it all good. Um, we get the typical Rock shtick, um, which is well-received by the live crowd in New York. The Rock tells Lillian not to look at the people's package because the buffet is closed. Um, you also get um, The Rock saying that it's mixed night and that everybody knows it. He turns the corner. He says the cameramen know it, right? Turns the corner and it's uh, Hurricane and Rosie and he says uh, – we got the Hamburglar and Grimace. Put the Hamburger away. Try the Chicken McNuggets, you fat some bitch. Um, Yo. <laughs> the, awesome. I mean, he's so good at ad lib and shit, man. Um, I, you know, it was it was a silly little thing, just kind of hyped Mick up for the match, um, which we're going into next, man. We have Evolution, which was Ric Flair, Randy Orton, and Batista taking on the Rock and Sock Connection uh, in a handicap match. Casey. What you got on it, my friend? I don't know if this is going to be received well. Uh, I also have this match written down as <laughs> Evolution is a mystery! And it just makes it's me laugh stuff. every time it's I look good, at it. Um, I didn't think that this match needed to be on this fucking card at all. I, I, it was fine. I don't... <laughs> I just like... It, it feels like the same thing that we're having with fucking the the fatal four-way tags on here it's like how many people can we get on the card give everyone a little bit of cheddar we know that the crowd's gonna eat up the fucking rock being there like whoopty fucking do um the only thing i will say that i absolutely loved is the fact that they did all of that work they bring the rock in and they still have that motherfucker lose and have evolution win because the whole crowd hated it like <laughs> The, the crowd yep. got fucking dicked on two times in a row, and the guy was like, I don't really know if you're trying to win the crowd back or not, but you're doing a, kind of a shitty job at it. <laughs> I gave it a two. It's a gentleman's two, but, like, I just, like, I, I, this match doesn't do anything for me. I dig it. Um... <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Pat. You're fine. Pat's so excited. No, I gave, I, I just gonna, I'm just gonna say that I agree with Casey. I gave it a two as well. Um, I could have never watched this match in my life and I didn't get fucked. Like, <laughs> it's... I love The Rock. I love Mick Foley. I love Evolution. I did not love this match. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> Court, I see... You look so sad over there, man. <laughs> what you got on hey, this? Buddy. No, I mean, as a kid, I was excited about this match. I thought that, like... And I wasn't thinking about anyone else in the match other than The Rock and Randy Orton. These are the two that I wanted to face each other. I was like, oh shit, Rock's coming back. They're going to do this thing. And he might stay, might come back a year later, have this match with Randy Orton. Instead, a year later, I believe we get Randy and Taker, no? Is the next year after yep. this? Yep. Okay. Um, instead, we get that, which I, I love that match as well. Yeah. Um, but for this match in particular, I gave it two and a quarter. I think that everyone played their role as what they were supposed to do. Batista looked fucking huge and uh, did all his huge spots. Ric Flair looked like he's been on coke for 60 years, which he has. And Randy Orton is the legend killer, and it just cemented his legacy even more. Um, RKO is your finish. Randy Orton deserved to be the winner of this match. I believe it went like 17 minutes, something like that. It's a long time. It's a long time. That's again. That's my gripe with this pay per view in this uh, mania. It's like Pat said. They're 
they're fucking killing time here, and they just don't. They don't. They don't fucking need to, bro. You didn't need to make this four and a half hours long. You didn't want to do it. (laughs) I get making a four hour pay per view because if you had Time Warner Cable at this time, you paid one hundred and ten dollars for this pay per view, Mm -hmm. which my parents did. So Pat Gwynn was on that. If this thing's two hours, there ain't no way. And then he was mad that it was Sunday and I stayed up all night and it was a four hour pay per view and I had school tomorrow. (laughs) He was also pissed about that but uh but yeah man this match is a two and a quarter but it it just killed time man killing time ethan you were ready to talk before my friend go ahead oh sure um i try to be unbiased with how i rate shit um and this is one of those things where am i personally did i give a fuck about this no um but it's just been playing the hits. I mean, you brought Rock in. You did the Rock and Foley one more time. Um, this is the closest we ever got to a Rock and Randy or a Rock and Batista match. I mean, for nostalgia purposes, I think it, it went too long, 100%. That's my <laughs> biggest gripe with it, is it went too fucking long. I understand why they booked it. And outside of going too long, I think it was fine. They did all their little stuff and got all your pops. The one good cool thing was when uh, Flair went to do the people's elbow and then Rock popped up while he was strutting and smacked his ass. Like the little shit, you know what I mean? It's not great shit. It's not shit I really even pop for. I really don't give a fuck. But it's it's cool little shit. I went two and three quarters. Casey said it best. Uh, I actually laughed when he said it, but he his response was, it was fine. That's the first thing I have written down. This was fine, I suppose. Um, this was to progress Randy Orton as the legend killer, right? You bring in The Rock, right? One of the top two, top three guys that you've ever had, right? Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, The Rock. They've got to be up there. Um, the Rock was kind of brought in, I guess, to pull more pay-per-view buys um, is really what it felt like. Like, he was just kind of there. Um, and you have Randy Orton hit the flash RKO for the three, right? Um, it was really a progression of Randy Orton as a character, um, getting him kind of developed a bit more and giving him a WrestleMania moment, right? So, um, it was fine. It was 17 minutes, man. Uh, trim this thing in half. You do plenty with it, even less than that, seven, eight minutes. Um, you just have Batista beat the shit out of the rock for a little bit, give the rock a little bit of fire. Boom. You lose to the numbers, and then you have the RKO. You call it a day, right? Get the fuck out of Dodge. But people paid money. They wanted to see The Rock. They got to see The Rock. They got a Rock promo. They got what they wanted, and that was the important part. I went two and three quarters. Um, We get a Hall of Fame recap and celebration as they bring the inductees on a stage and let the crowd show them some love. (sighs) Shouts out to me and Gene. For putting Shut in work, putting in work and then doing his job, you know what I'm saying? God <laughs> damn it! This also went way too fucking long. They had so many fucking people inducted this this particular year. I was like, kind of like, I was like, I don't need to watch this. I was kind of fast forwarding it, just like with I fast forward through the whole thing. I, I, was can't like, I was like, bro, like how fucking long is this shit? And they were like giving like lengthy descriptions of who was there. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Just fucking come on. <sighs> I do appreciate it did buffer on Pete Rose for half a second, so I was like, fuck you, and then it just kept going again. <laughs> <laughs> we get... I don't even want to fucking talk I'm going to let y'all have this one. Alright, we get uh, Miss Jackie and Stacey Keebler versus Tori Wilson and Sable in a Playboy evening gown match. 
Um, I didn't, we didn't even watch this shit, dude. We, <laughs> we didn't. I didn't even <laughs> write it down in my notes. So I was like, "Why are you upset to talk about the next thing that happens?" It's yep. because I didn't write this down at all. We can skip it. Fuck it. Yeah, uh, I got it. It's fine. Three minutes of a horny wrestling spot. They wrestle in their bra and panties. Tori rolls Jackie up for a three count. I would rather watch Tori Wilson, Don Marie. I give this a quarter star. Um, moving on. I agree. One thing. Watch the finish, but. I don't even know if y'all can say this is a good laugh because it's honestly fucked up. But when Tori's got Jackie rolled up and she like flashes her ass out, yeah. look at the front row. You got three or four Jerry Lawlers taking their they pull cameras out of out of no Yeah, no, it's not even phones at this point, but it's like fucking I put my gun DSLR, let's fucking get it done, Roger. Hell you know, yeah, brother. Developed afterwards, like how do you explain what you just did? They've got the white up. Hold on. It does. Let me put the flash. <laughs> Dude, that's the only thing I know. Hey, don't develop those. I'll get them done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> now, don't go, look at, don't go look at my picture folder. I'm going to go pick them up. Don't worry. They're like looking. He's like looking. Door opens. I'm just looking at the family pictures. I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm upset that we even covered that. Um, we, get a right. Crispin, we get one of the Go best ahead. segments after this. We get a Crispin Juan Eddie Guerrero backstage segment. Eddie tells Chris that no matter what happens tonight, he's proud of him. Um, I'm proud of you, Holmes. Yep, Benoit says there won't be any losing for either of them in tonight's main events. Guerrero says that nobody expects Chris to win and that nobody believes in him. And Benoit shows some serious fire here, uh, saying that he believes in himself and that tonight is his night because he believes. Eddie opens, opens up wide, man. Uh, and they start hyping themselves up, um, hyping up each other, and they're legitimately sweating from the intensity in this segment. It's and it was fucking so sick, awesome. You could legitimately see they were so hyped for each other on that fucking night. Dude. They knew what uh, was, was coming, awesome. man, so they had to sell that shit to each other, man. Got each other yep. fired up. It was awesome. Um, then we cut to the Cruiserweight Open, uh, which is a 10-man uh, match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, I'm just going to read you what I have. Uh, this would have been so awesome if it was given more time, but for 10 guys to get their shit in in 10 minutes is just not feasible. It's um, nine pinfalls in 10 minutes. Unfortunately, the crowd was pretty dead for this, uh, considering they had to make the bounce back from that dog shit match that you had before yeah. this. Um with the exception being when Rey Mysterio and Tajiri worked together. They were pretty hot for that. And that's uh, what that should have been anyways. Chavo, Chavo Rey, Tajiri. That's exactly it. Uh, Chavo yeah. cheats to retain against Rey. Um, I hate that I don't have much for this, but I was it was really robbed of time. Uh, but the men made the most of what they had. Uh, Kidman's springboard shooting star press was the biggest moment of the match for me. Yeah. Yeah. Badass. Um, yeah, for I, uh, I went two and a half on it. Um, let's go with Cortland because I know Billy Kidman is that dude's dude. I gave two and a half as well. Like I immediately said, it's nine pinfalls in ten minutes. It's hard to uh, tell a story with nine pinfalls. It's a pin every minute, dude. It's just <clears throat> it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it doesn't take away that I enjoy every wrestler in this match. Yeah. I think that everyone here deserves to be here. They deserve this WrestleMania cut. They they all all have a rightful claim to that championship um i i enjoyed it man i i gave it two and a half wish it could have got more time um you know and just because i love everyone here doesn't mean everyone needed to be here i think we could have done a fatal four-way 
and it would have told a better story and it would have put over that division yeah, uh, way more moons and moons ahead of where you were sitting at that moment. I think that this was kind of just Rey Mysterio's night to just while out a little bit and uh, showcase what everyone can do. And I'm glad that SmackDown on the announced team just hyped how great cruiserweight champions and cruiserweight division is by itself and how you need to watch SmackDown if you want to watch this. And that was the whole story for this match. And I mean, it did great. It did wonders for a lot of them. I imagine. Yeah. Let's cover who was all in this match. We had Chava Guerrero, your champion came out with his dad, Chava classic. You had Akio, um, Akio, Billy Kidman, Funaki, Jamie Noble, Nunzio, Rey Mysterio, Shannon Moore, Tajiri, and Ultimo Dragon. Um, mm. What what a list of names, dude. You it's just insane. named off a hell of a list of people that people still talk about of being like one of the best. And they were all there at the same time. It's crazy. Um, the thing that you said about the SmackDown announce team, I will say this, and I've said it multiple times. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I have tweeted it. Um when Taz gives a shit about a match and gives a shit about the people in the match, he's my favorite announcer. Yeah, he's good, man. And he was awesome when, through this. Yeah, he's when, a guy you, when he's like, when you can tell like he's into it and he's like, he's like pseudo doing play by play and shit. And he's like, that shit's cool. It's real yeah. nice to watch. I like Taz. Yeah. And you could tell that he cares about like the smaller guys because he came from ECW and that's kind of like they showcased a lot of those guys. And he's right? not much bigger than these fucking guys are either. He's just he's, no. not. Yeah. Uh, Casey, since you started talking, brother, let's uh, let's jump over to you, my friend. What do you have on this? And did you have anything that you wanted to add to it? First of all, every time I see Funaki, I pop and I go number one announcer <laughs> every fucking time. It's like a curse. Indeed. Um, Going, <laughs> going into uh, people's entrance songs, Billy Kidman, hands down, still has one of the hardest fucking entrances ah, ever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bro, every time it comes on, I'm like, motherfucker, this is hard as shit. I'm like, I always get pumped because I'm like, mm. um, the other. Hell, I'd do a shooting star press if I was coming out of that shit. Oh, the man. other, the the uh, negative side of that is uh, why does Tajiri, Funaki, and Ultimo Dragon all have very borderline racist <laughs> entrance songs? They all have the it's same. The same. Like, I was getting kind of confused because they all kind of have the same like like entrance, like the beginning of it's all like the ding 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 ding, and I'm like, why are we doing this? <laughs> and it didn't change. No. You, you ended up getting what? you got what? you had <laughs> Kenta you had Kenta in the United States right as yeah, uh, it's like it, they basically were just like all right we're just gonna drag and drop this onto his and then uh, <laughs> that's good shit pal um, um, I want you to take that dong from the Undertaker and take it up about three notches <laughs> that's his song <laughs> I don't know why I heard take that dong from the Undertaker it definitely threw me off I wanted to touch on Kidman's springboard shooting star press if you didn't catch I had to watch it three times to fully catch it on the coming up part of his head, he fucking annihilates Nunzio's face. Like, he catches Nunzio's jaw because of the way he has the springboard to go to the outside, and he damn near knocks Nunzio out of the match. Like, it was, it's bad. Like, if you just go, like, honestly, like, the match itself, it's one of those things where we're like, this, 
they went, hey, we just lost the entire crowd because we shit on them for two matches. We gave them a really weird, horny match. All you little guys, go do a bunch of flippy shit. It's gonna jump make around. Crowd, yeah, they're like, go do stuff. It's gonna make the the crowd stupid. They're gonna like it. Do the flips. <laughs> so like, they at least worked for that payday. So like, it's messy. I think a lot of people got confused by the rules of it because it wasn't like overly clear on how they were doing it because it was like yeah. kind of a lumberjack and match. Who, who knew when they were coming in? Like you, that never, they never too. told us who was next yeah. or like it was just like, oh, he's next. I guess. Yeah, like, it was. It was, the only thing like, we was Chavo. Yeah, you just knew that Chavo was a champion, so he can't. He was going to be coming in last. But then it was like, yeah, like it, they didn't really say who was who, so that was like it was really kind of just all over the place. But like the guys themselves did what they did. Um, I'm not going to knock on what Mike just said about Taz, but when Tajiri gets, but you are, but no, it's just it's funny because it's just a Taz thing. So Tajiri gets eliminated. Uh, Ray is looking at Chavo. Uh, Tajiri kicks him in the back of kicks Ray Mysterio in the back of the head, and Michael Cole's like, "Oh, and Tajiri with a cheap shot." And Taz goes, "How is that a cheap shot?" And he's like, "I don't know. Maybe because he's kicked him in the back of the fucking head when he wasn't paying attention. Like he's not even in the match anymore." And it was just funny because, like, <laughs> Michael Cole's like, "What? Why the fuck do I have to explain this to you, Taz?" <laughs> like, Taz does and says shit. Taz does and says shit to pop himself. I'm convinced he does it to this day. Because he said it, and like just the way Michael Cole responded was like, "How the fuck are you alive?" <laughs> like, how have Taz you is <laughs> Taz is the walking embodiment of the. What do you mean by that meme? <laughs> Not to go backwards, but in the Raw's Fatal Four Way Tag Match, King said something that made me so mad. He like at, he asked Jr if it was legal for an opposite team to tag someone. Um, he was like, oh my God, it was, is that legal? It was a blind tag. It was a blind he was tag. Like, yeah, <laughs> he was like, yeah, King, it's legal. And he was like, oh, I didn't know. Well, because it was like he was like, just... Because <laughs> he was doing the thing where he was like trying to push like, oh, like this is a team that I want to win. Like I want La Resistance to win, I think is who yeah, he's going for. But then he was like, he get the, it's like literally, it's like almost just comical because it is like 10 seconds later, he gets blind tagged by like Bubba. So he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what happened? It's not working. It's not working. He's like, I just said all this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, two and a half for yeah. it. It uh, let the flippy boys do the flippy shit. Big Ethan, we all went the same, boys. Two and a half. Um, my only thoughts are: it's another thing where you're putting everybody in here just to get them on the card. It could have benefited so much more if you just ran Chavo, Ray, and Tajiri. And fuck, dude, I love this. I hey, love this thing. Hey. But why don't, not, don't leave why not Jamie put it on SmackDown, bill it, coming out of this, you know what I mean? Have Chavo and Reigns here, have a great fucking match, and then be like, hey, you fuck with this? On SmackDown, the whole division's coming out. Give them fucking 45 minutes to work and actually explain the stipulation instead of just basically lining 10 dudes up and saying, run in whenever you see a chance, you know what I mean? It's just kind of whack because in a way it's like, 
thrown together why is anyone going to care they're going to be amused in the moment by these guys doing this stuff but then at the same time there's no substance to it no one went home talking about this shit but two and a half Cortland, go ahead what you're going to say I said don't leave out Jamie Noble we are what we are like a year and some change out from Jamie Noble being James Gibson beating CM Punk in Ring of Honor come on now show some mm-hmm. fucking respect bud um, show some respect for boyfriend bro <laughs> the trailer trash himself. Maybe uh, when I win this match, I'm gonna get this belt. I'm buying us a double wide. Fucking hell, man! Awesome, man. Uh, Give me I, one of them two seater trackers. He one makes them, he makes me smile them, every time he was on television. I fucking loved. Awesome, I loved man. him I so fucking much. Jamie <laughs> Pat, did I give you a chance to speak on this? Uh, no, but... Please, take the floor, my friend. It's all you. I gave it two and a half stars. Um, I don't really have too much to add. I feel like everything's been touched on. Um, I'll just be honest. Yeah, it could have been It could have been a really, really great match if they would have gave them more time to get their shit off, but I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. I don't, I don't book, so... <laughs> I like it. I like it. I don't know where Ethan went, and I was going to pass him this segment. So, Pat, do you have some notes? <laughs> About our next match. <laughs> What's the next um, I, I guess. It, Understood. It's fine. I got it. I'll take care oh, of it. Wait, wait. The next match is, a, is the fiasco from hell, ain't it? Go ahead, yeah. bud. Dive in. Let's get it. We have Goldberg versus I'm Brock Lesnar. Look, look, look. I don't wait. have. I'm going to look at your notes because I don't have much notes written about this bullshit that I'm not going to talk about. Don't uh, read Cortland's not- notes. I don't need anything. From Cortland's notes, they're his notes. I need you to go off the top. What do you have on this off match? The top of the Tell dome. me about it. We had Goldberg and right. Brock Lesnar versus like Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar with special guest referee Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right. I wish I wouldn't well, miss this one. Well, you guys, well, you guys, and all my listeners and viewers of this pod, I don't have any notes about this, but I'm gonna let you guys know what's going on. Brock Goldberg, easily the worst WrestleMania match. Of all time. Oh, it's so great how, how bad it is, dude. Um, I mean, you guys have seen it. We've all seen it. They stand. They look at each other. They stare. They try to clothesline. There's a couple fucking half-ass slams. This shit is god-awful, and it's fucking horrible. Um, yes. they, they run it back. They run it back, and they do way better the second time around, I guess. Uh, but, you know, but this time around, you know, the best thing about this match was that Stone Cold was there. Like, that was about it. Um, everything else was just... Dude, if I if I had paid to go to this, based off the fact that I was going to see Brock Lesnar and Goldberg wrestle, and I spent a good amount of money, maybe good, good amount, a good Great. Madison Square Garden sold out, WrestleMania, front row seats. That's big. That's big. That's big money. And then I watched this bullshit happen. You know, I might take that L and jump the barricade because this. It's a load of bullshit. Would you do it for would you do it for Rikishi? Would you do it for the rock? Would you do it for the bloodline? I didn't do it for the rock. The up and over podcast is not condone anyone jumping over the barricade at any level. Don't don't do that. Pat, what did what did you go on this? (laughs) Next. (laughs) No. Go ahead. Go ahead. You were chomping up the bit. I had to let. I was going to let you go, but then you got up. You went walking around. You had to stretch your legs out. Do your thing. 
pulling into my driveway, I was wondering what was going on. But I heard you say it, and I'm I wish I would have been here. But Pat fine. killed it, so more than like it. But here's the deal, man. Brock Lesnar <laughs> and Goldberg, right? Brock Lesnar, he's a great wrestler. Not too smart of a guy. Goldberg, bad wrestler, bad wrestler, and a dumb motherfucker. <laughs> so you get in this ring, right? And you got two, you got one really dumb motherfucker, and then you got a dude who's athletic, but also kind of stupid. And then you have Stone Cold there who can't save it because, I mean, he can't tell these guys, hey, this crowd's turning on this. You might need to work this way. So instead, Brock and Goldberg get in there, and Brock's like, damn, these people are being dicks to me. I'm going to continue to work the planned match we had that is not going to work. Like, they, you can tell what they wanted to do. You know what they were wanting to do. If the crowd was into this, the way they started to work would have been fine. But what happened is they couldn't even get started because they didn't know what to do. Because the crowd wasn't reacting the way that they were thinking they were going to react. There's a reason, right? The reason was it had – like, news had broke that yeah, they that were Brock both leaving. The both yeah. of them were leaving the company, well, so right? at the yeah, time, no still, one really – You need to – there's no reason they couldn't have changed an audible on that. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like they're going to still go out there and just be like, all right, no, y'all are, y'all are reacting hard, though. Just, well, Let's so keep no shoving one, it. N- no one really at the time knew that Goldberg was leaving. Like, I think it, it might have been Brock. rumored or whatever, but everyone knew that Brock was leaving and yeah, everyone oh, yeah. was fucking pissed. I don't think – I think that having Goldberg also in that situation does not help because he was like, it's not good. fuck it. Goldberg can't call anyways. a match, brother. <laughs> Goldberg can't call a match. All he can do is do his two power moves. He can't call a match. All you got, all, all Goldberg knows how to do is beat his head in the door and run out there and boom, boom. Which he, he can't does. call a fucking match. <laughs> he Fuck does this in match. His entrance. What? What'd you go, Ethan? What'd you go, Ethan? Uh, I went a star and a half because it was funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really, it was funny. It was I, something. I, I, I mean, the I thing know. is, dude, I'd rather watch this than testing Scott Steiner. That's fair. I, I know that Casey is chomping at the bit, so I'm going to make him wait a little bit. Uh, Cortland, what do you have on it, my friend? Yeah, see, I popped Cortland. <laughs> he thought it was going a different direction, brother. Uh, the crowd just ran this match, man, like Ethan said. They just say it alive. Um, you touched on it that the rumor came out that both of them are leaving the company. Even JR mentions it and says that rumors have made the rounds that Brock Lesnar is leaving. Rather, if that's true or not, it's just rumors, whatever. Um, you got, you sold out chance, like before they even touched, um, you got a, this match sucks chance just off a of collar and elbow tie up. Both of them written down. Um, the first you got, time nah, they nah, touch. Nah, 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 hey, hey, yeah. like off rip, dude, like rock came out and it was like, nah, 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 like, dude, it was like, it was like, yeah. Everybody ready! Everyone ready! What? I've never seen a fucking crowd just in so uh, just in unison of being like, we fucking hate this motherfucker. <laughs> Everything about it. It was crazy. It, it, was just, it just wasn't great, man. I mean, and they tried, like Ethan said. They they tried to work the formula that they had planned out. It didn't work. They did. They pulled a small audible, go outside of the ring, do some shit that's not planned. That looks fucking awful on both of your parts because you can't just yeah. wing shit. Y'all, you both are very like yeah. Goldberg can't You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, this goes off the rails pretty much immediately. They get back in the ring and they immediately shoot to the finish because I mean, what the fuck else are you gonna do? 
Uh, if I remember correctly, Lesnar hits an F5 for a two. Goldberg misses a spear and then lands like uh, one of those, uh, what is it called? Fucking gorilla press. Yeah, the, the, bench press, fucking weird thing. He does it wrong. Yeah, he like speared him. He dropped it. and speared him. You're supposed to catch him and then drop him. And he was like, I'm just going to throw you in front of me and just fucking tackle you. <laughs> <laughs> it just made no sense. Big, strong, caveman, man. Even, even JR doesn't know how to call it because he's like, hey, uh, uh, bench press spear maneuver. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's a gorilla press slam with a, with a jackhammer combined. It's a really weird thing, but yeah, he's like fucking eats him and he's like, ah. Yeah, man, I, uh, I gave this match a star and a half. Um, Goldberg's winner at a jackhammer, thirteen minutes could have been thirteen minutes less time, <laughs> almost fourteen. Um, I mean, you're talking thirteen forty-eight on it uh, with with runtime entirely. Dude, when you get out there and they're reacting this way, not to circle back again, but dude, if they had any fucking brains, take a minute. Cut it Brock, in half. The thing is, Brock the shit out of each other. You know, that's it. That's the you thing. Got Just four stuff. Go through two of them. There's no need to stand there and stare at one another and look at Stone Cold and everybody's chanting funny shit. Just go out there, dude, throw some elbows, which neither one of them know how to audible anything because they're fucking stupid and Brock probably didn't care. But if you were just ran that finish, been done in five minutes, save yourself the embarrassment, buddy. You can still flip the crowd off, off on your like way off, out, bro. Yeah. Like off it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Brock flicked off the crowd before the match even fucking began. As he, like, he leaves, too. Table, as like, he leaves. Y'all. As he leaves. God damn! Anyway, yeah. And that's it. That's his last oh, match. Bro. That's his last match in like for eight years. For, like four, for just shy of a fucking decade. Yeah. Um, God. God. It's funny that crazy. Ethan said f- five minutes, right? I have. Uh, this was just short of fourteen minutes, and this ran nine too long. Um, and really, it should have been cut short by Stone Cold. He should have been able to make the play and just say, "Hey, let's go home now." Um, he should have cut it short, seeing as they weren't going to get the crowd back. Uh, this crowd was not regainable for them. No, and I, think... I feel like I feel like it's a little bit of sabotage on Stone Cold's part because he saw it all falling apart, and he was like, "These are your A's, bro. This is who you wanted me to drop to a King of the Ring tournament." That's fair. And he just um, fucking left, and I'm here, healthy right now, and I don't give a shit about they, what you just booked. They, uh, I feel like the crowd kind of shit on the next match because of this segment, which sucks. Um, which it wasn't good, but we'll get to that. Um, I went, uh, I'll wait, I'll wait. Casey, what do you have for me? Anything to add? And so, so I'm going to say something. I'm going to say one thing positive about this match. It ended. Which is, well, <laughs> that. <laughs> Watching the like video package of this, if you go in and like try to erase this match from your memory and watch the video package, you're like, oh, fuck, this is going to be a good match. Like, they put effort into it. They had, like, the whole thing where Stone Cold gives fucking Goldberg a ticket to No Way Out, and he's there, and he screws the fucking match and stuff. Like, they had story to this. Like, fucking, like, there was, like, work put into this. They had a fucking, (laughs) there was the Royal Rumble, there there was No Way Out and stuff. Like, they did... I feel like a good job up until fucking Goldberg comes out. Um, 
it is very funny that like it's coming out like now that like Goldberg said like I shouldn't have hit my fucking head on the door when I went against Undertaker in fucking Saudi Arabia and I shit you not when they pan to the back when he's coming out you just see the whole fucking door shake cause fucking <laughs> cause mongoloid over here has to fucking headbutt everything oh, I'll oh, never understand what's so cool about Bill Goldberg the tribal brother. It was the shit in the nineties, bro. I'm if not you, even in front. If you it look, was the coolest shit if in the you world, look bro. at the three of them, Brock, fucking Goldberg, and Stone Cold in the ring, you just go, Oh, cool. Like Brock is just us kind of put together and fucking Goldberg's just a shitty copy and paste version of Stone Cold. Like yeah. It never made a lot of like I understood why they did it, but like I don't understand why we brought him back. Like not a single person in the pack was like, he can't fucking wrestle at all. Um Money, dude. I, di- I didn't time it and I wish I did for how long these fuckheads just stood in the ring and circled each other and just <laughs> also so time how long it is before they do their official tie up and how many times Brock and Goldberg both audibly say fuck. It's multiple yeah. times. Um, the funniest part of this entire match is they're standing in the ring. Goldberg's all hyped and he does his ha! And Brock looks back at him and goes eh. it's, it's just two grown men and him going man backward to him because the whole crowd at this point this is like two seconds into the match are fucking just shitting on it (laughs) so everything's going horribly immediately um i'm not saying that stone cold did or didn't help but it did look at one point they were doing a rest hold and i feel like stone cold was like you guys have to do something now like it kind of looked like he was like trying to be like i'm a ref but also was like hey like Let's get the fuck out of here, because they're going to kill us. (laughs) He's like, can we fucking speed this up a little bit? And then, yeah, you get fucking Stone Cold doing a stunner on both Brock and Goldberg drinking some beers. It gets a star. That's it. It still didn't even win the the crowd over. He stunned both of them. I went three quarters of a star. (laughs) Um... I would still watch this over Tori Wilson, Don Marie, and over the Playboy nightgown match from the night, um, because that match made me want to die. Um, <laughs> moving forward, we have a a quick little thing for WrestleMania 21 being uh, held in Los Angeles for 2005. Um, Vince McMahon comes out and thanks the fans for 20 years of WrestleMania, and then we jump into the other. Uh, before yeah, we even jump right, into this match, right, before we, before we right. get here, I feel the same way, Casey. I feel the can same. Can we just talk way. about the fact that Vince McMahon comes out and says something nice for once? He's just like, hey, I was like, I appreciate you, motherfuckers, and then leaves. Of course, I, know. I, was, <laughs> I just had a feeling he was just about to fuck everybody over. I, I was like, I was like, he's talking a lot of nice shit. We're, something bad about that. We're, we're gonna restart the Brock Lesnar Goldberg match. <laughs> we're, so we had covered it prior, and I, I'd make him go back out there. <laughs> we've talked about this to where Vince has audibly said on a Smackdown I don't give a fuck about you to Kurt Angle he's like I don't give a fuck about anyone here he's like I don't give a fuck at all he's like none of your opinions matter only mine does and like less than six months later he's like I couldn't have done none of this shit without you guys and I was like this is weird it's listen I know that 
Vince McMahon has like been known to be kind of a piece of shit human being, but it's nice to see like not in character Vince for once. It was yeah. it was yeah. it was getting Vince McMahon the CEO and not like Vinny Mac. Like we right. like it was like you clear as day had like I'm coming out and it's also weird because it is his song in the background. So it's no chance. And he's just like I love each and every single one of you. And then it just cuts no chance. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> It's a very bizarre it's moment. It's a weird feeling. Um, I was like, this doesn't feel right. It's like the dad that never complimented you and says, good job, son. And you're like, ah. Cortland earlier said that he would have rather, instead of the Cruiserweight Open, had another Fatal 4-Way match. These Fatal 4-Way matches were fucking ex- exhausting. Tag team Fatal 4-Way. It's a huge difference between four I... people and fucking 16 or fucking however many it is. I was ex- ex- eight. eight. I was eight. exhausted. Right. Tag teams, Wait. Ellis. Tag teams. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Um, four, eight, twelve. <laughs> I wanted to say, uh, just just to get this out of the way, who in the absolute fuck gave Nick Patrick the responsibility of refereeing this match? Who oh, here gave we go. Nick Patrick a job ever. Here we go. You fucked us. Here we go, Cortland. Go ahead. Take it over, bud. We have Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati, the world champions, uh, the WWE Tag Team Champions, uh, taking on the APA, taking on the Basham Brothers, and taking on Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, the world's greatest tag team, and a fatal four-way for the WWE Tag Team Championships. Cortland, uh, I know that you feel impassioned, and, uh, you know, uh, you have strong opinions about one referee, Nick Patrick. I'd like for you to take this one. Um, he's just not great. Uh, is this the match he trips over someone? No, he trips over, uh, I think, Eddie. Ed, is it the Eddie match? It's like Eddie and Kurt, he, like, literally trips <laughs> over him and fucking falls. <laughs> 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 but, um, this is just bad shit, man. Um, the Bashams... <laughs> bad shit, man. <laughs> Bashams didn't need to be here. Um, again, this is... Another fatal four-way that just doesn't mesh well. However, Bradshaw and Farouk are here, even though Farouk never tags in legally. Which, at some point, you just got to be like, dude, why are the two black dudes from both tag matches never tagged in? I was just about to say that. I was like, is that two? And yep, two in a row. Okay, um, we'll just talk it. They forgot to write their parts. <laughs> I'm um, pretty sure Farouk was like, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> I'm tired. I want to go home. Damn! Also, well, like, the main have, story like, short-haired here. Bradshaw at this point in time, which, like, him and APA with short hair always weirded me out for some reason. Yeah, like, Bit picky, but fuck like. it. Um, the main story here is that Rikishi and Sky Tuhati are the tag team champions, and who thought that they would be here uh, uh, as tag team champions four years, or three or four years after the Too Cool started? Um and if you look back at, like, I believe it was the Royal Rumble they had at MSG, the pop that they got for Scotty Tuhati doing the worm that night in comparison to what they got three and a half, four years later in the same arena, it's awful. People just don't care about this. Um, and neither did I, looking back on it now, uh, 20 years later, just shy of. Um, really, the breakdown for this match is... Bradshaw hit a fallaway slam on Doug Basham from inside of the ring, sending him over the top. Uh, Basham crashed into Hosh and Benjamin on the floor. Bradshaw hit a clothesline from hell 
And Rikishi hit the Samoan drop on Bradshaw. Rikishi walked over to Danny Basham, sat, sat on him, and won the match for his team at six minutes and one second. Um, this match is a solid two and a quarter stars. Uh, I give, uh, I don't know, almost a quarter star for every participant. Thanks for showing up to work. Um, but, like, you didn't work that great. Uh, post-match, though, you like I said, you get the two cool dance, and it just doesn't do well. Um, I feel like the whole segment in total is probably like 11, 12 minutes of just more eating at time, and it's just not what uh, anyone wanted out of Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania. Old Pat. Pat. Uh, two stars. Um, I don't give a shit uh, about this, but it wasn't a bad match. I'm not going to act like it was horrible. Um, it was better than the other one, in my opinion. That's why I was laughing earlier when Ethan was like, why are you guys laughing? Because you said that the other one, the other Fatal 4-Way was worse. And I was like, damn, I rated that one higher. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, either either way, I mean, it is what it is, dude. They Killing time. They didn't need to have this on here at all. But you guys needed to pay motherfuckers. So that's what happens. Ethan. Two stars. Don't need to waste any. Any of my breath talking about it. Casey. It gets a star and a half. It gets the same as the last one. The Basham Brothers weird me out. I just want to throw that out there. Hey, man, I won't lie, dude. Bashams, when I was a kid, I for some reason liked the fucking Bashams. I had their action figures. That's the weird part. So... Growing up, I was a, I was SmackDown through and through, and I actually liked yep. them then. But like watching back now, I'm like, this is they're just fucking weird. Like they look very weird. There's something yeah. about it. I don't know if it's like the Danny uncanny Doug. valley thing Danny about Doug it. Where like, they look like too much alike. Where I'm just like, this is kind of weird. But like, yeah, I just fucking why, dude? And then like, why why are we having two Fatal Four Way tag matches where both teams retain? Buddy, we got to keep it going, bud. That's the fucking point. <laughs> Can't flip the belts today, buddy. But if you, um, don't, if you don't flip the belts, then there's no one in line to go against them. That's there's fair. at least I'm a rematch. <laughs> like... I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I thought I was going to be the only one shitting on this match, but I also went a star and a half. Um, the only thing that I have positive written down is that it's crazy to think we are mere months away from... Uh, Bradshaw as JBL being one of the main event guys. Um, we are yes. literally right around the corner. Um, for we, that. After the Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati dance, uh, uh, there was a little bit of a pop for the worm, like the W-O-R-M, right? Um, we get a promo for Edge's return, which has a big pop that you hear. Um, then we also have Jesse Ventura coming down uh, and having a conversation with Donald Trump. He essentially just... Uh, plants the seeds for Donald Trump versus Mids Man. Um, it, it was whatever. Um, then we have uh, Victoria defending the WWE Women's Championship against Molly Holly in a title versus hair match. Um, this match actually came to be after Molly petitioned to be on the card, and they said, "Yeah, we just don't have room for you. Sorry." And she was like, "Well, what if I shave my head then?" And so that's how they actually ended up on the card with this match. Pretty cool little backstory on it. Um, this was fine. I... Good. Just Jesus Christ, man. That's all I got to say. We, that's it. We had Terrible. a fight to get this on here where we have 
You said I'm getting that fucking check. I, <laughs> we have, I don't give a fuck. We have two <laughs> two fatal four way tag matches. A fucking ten man clusterfuck <laughs> cruiserweight match. A, a fifteen a, minute Goldberg Lesnar match. Goldberg Let's Lesnar not match. take away from and, that. And they're looking at the sheet going, "We can't fit you guys in anywhere." You know what? Fuck it. Five minutes if you shave your head. Like that's what happened. Um, five minutes if you shave your head. It was fine, man. I just don't think it had enough time to breathe. Uh, Victoria counters a widow's peak attempt from Molly into a backslide to retain. Um, then you have Molly fighting, gets Victoria out, gets her in the chair, then can't turn the clippers on. Then she gets knocked out after getting her face slammed on a table, then gets her head shaved. Um, this was a two-star match. I enjoyed their their try to make it great, but they just didn't have the time for it. Uh, Pat. Um, I gave it what, two. I gave it two and a quarter. Um, I, I didn't hate the match. I did hate everything that happened after the match. Um, I I was that whole sequence with like her getting her head shaved. That shit was mad uncomfortable, man. Like they had her like <laughs> tied into the chair and shit. Yeah, like, the barber oh, King saying he was like, "Oh, is that a vibrating chair?" Yeah, you fucking barber in the background going. Oh, horny oh, as fuck yeah, this whole time. Like, yeah. At one point, he's holding I mean, on to one of the arm straps of the chair, and he's like, oh, it's the fucking chest. The shit. So weird. <laughs> Casey? Um, <laughs> I, th- I don't know if it's because like they only had the five minutes, but I feel like they were like getting into that wood like the they were getting into that spot at the finish and like the ref was like you got two seconds like he was like the finish felt so abrupt that it didn't make any sense to me and then yeah the fucking shaving of the head i don't want to spoil anything but it goes on aggressively too long normally (laughs) yeah you shave a little bit of someone's head and they go ah and then everyone leaves and they deal with that shit afterwards no they did it out on the fucking ramp. They're like, it's WrestleMania. Someone's gonna watch her awkwardly get tortured. And Scalp her ass. Like, it's yeah, crazy. So I gave it a star. Bro. I gave it a star in three quarters. I don't I feel like they were just doomed regardless. And like, yeah, it's fucked up to think like, oh my god, they had to fight to get this on here, and like this is what they were given. This was it, my friend. Cortland. Uh, I gave it two stars. Um, I hated the commentary in this match, per usual. King talked about panties for three of the five minutes uh, in this match. Fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, it's just so painful, man. Like, I watch wrestling, obviously, all the time. And it's hard to watch this era with my fiancé because who the fuck wants to listen to that? Like, that's just, just uncomfortable. Um, the only and like you said, thing... The only redeeming thing is that he at or King asked Jr. what his favorite type of panties are, and Jr.'s response was, "I prefer not to wear any underwear." Dude. And like King's like, "Oh Dude. no, that's not what I meant." And Jr.'s yes. like, "Yeah, fuck it, I don't like to wear drawers. It's the fucking greatest We missed one earlier. Jerry said. Yeah, yeah, Jr. That that women's match earlier was a real slobber knocker. I provided the slobber, and they provided the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible. 
But, I'm sorry. No, I guess it's my turn. But this match, okay. Go ahead, I, did, I did, I did two stars on it. My thing is, if you only have five minutes for these women and you're going to do a head shaving, y'all are the biggest company in the world, man. You got to understand that it makes you look very fucking dumb that you made Molly shave her head for a five-minute rushed, meaningless match. No one will ever say, man, let's go watch that match. Only thing people are going to remember from this, if they even do, I remember Molly's got her head shaved, but did I say, oh, it was at WrestleMania 20 when she and Victoria fought with this at stake? No, I didn't. She just had her head shaved. Like, ugh, yeah, two stars. And it was. sucks, too, because Victoria deserves that spotlight at WrestleMania, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. She actually, Victoria was always one of the best. She actually Molly, too, man. Molly, too, deserved Victoria it. Victoria got, like, like a yeah, decent absolutely. pop coming out, too. Like, it was almost kind of like, a, oh, fuck, yeah, like, it was weird, so. Because these aren't Lord. divas that he hires. These are professional wrestlers that were living in the wrong era. I mean, you have these two women currently, they're running one of these companies. Without a doubt. Yep. All you right. Are you good over there, Ethan? Sorry, I'm still thinking of the slobber knocker thing. Oh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> We've uh, we've officially made it to some good he's territory, y'all. Dude, he said awful shit dude, all night. What the night. fuck did he say that had us both dying yesterday, man? I, I, I'll remember if I, if I do remember. Let's see. I'll remember if I remember. I'll see if I have any quotes as I'm scrolling just to see. I know I took a few. Um, I think I have one later. But, uh, man, Jim Ross, what a fucking guy. Um, <laughs> anyway, God. we are at our... One of our main events. Um, <laughs> I found one of my quotes and it said the next match. Um, we get Eddie Guerrero defending the WWE Championship versus Kurt Angle. Um, the promo package for this whooped ass. It was very, very good. Yes. Um, I want to send this over to Ethan to discuss this. Um. It's my second favorite match of the night. I thought it was awesome. It honestly just got better with age because I've watched it a couple times, but it's probably been five or six years since I watched this last. Um, and I honestly didn't remember, remember it being this good. I think I even rated it a little higher this go-round. Um, I think a lot of it's not to, you know, throw Kurt Angle under the bus because he's great in his own regard, but I think a lot of the reason it's so good is because of Eddie. Um, Eddie's selling through this whole thing with the, all the ankle lock shit at the end and with him like unlacing his boots and shit. Um, this was just, I went four and a quarter. It just really fucking hooked me and grabbed me in a way I don't remember it grabbing me when I watched it the first two or three times, which I think says a lot for how good the match really is. So, yeah, four and a quarter for me. Awesome match. Pulled me back in. This show had lost me at this point, man. I was yeah. so bored and tired. I didn't barely pay attention to the last three matches. So this made me feel like I was watching a WrestleMania again. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Casey. Um, I loved it. I do. I will say, and it's, and I, I don't want to touch on it a whole lot, but just something about angle giving Eddie shit in the promo package. Uh, for being a drug addict, just about weird with me. Drug addict. Yeah, I was like, mm. yeah, was when like, he's mm. visibly on first. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> not at this point, not at this not point. Not yet, not yet. Not but I'm just yet. like, oh, I'll give it a, just a few more years, buddy, and we'll have a different tune we're singing. Um, 
I gave it four and a half. I I love the match. I think that uh uh Eddie doing the boot thing, getting that boot off is like the most Eddie thought process of like how the fuck am I gonna get out of this and getting the win. Um Yeah, I not a whole lot on it. I honestly I feel like I don't think there's a single person here that could say that like we weren't dreading everything up until this point, so it was hard to get back into this. But yeah, it's it's a classic match. Yeah. Um Cortland. Um it's an instant classic, man. This is uh just two of the best at their best. Um it's hard to look at like if you did a Eddie Guerrero's best matches of all time, it's hard to not put this thing in there, man. It's it's unbelievable how great these two work together. Um, it's amazing Matt wrestling throughout this entire thing. The camera work and storytelling, facial expressions. It's it's hard to find another match on this card that sells as much as this one does. Um, like I said, pulling pulling you back into a pay-per-view. It's fucking these two because, damn, I was over it. Um, but the finish with the boot, obviously, the angle's been working on the ankle all night. And he's outside of the ring, and Eddie Guerrero takes off half of it, unlaces half of his boot. Angle looks up at him, and you they zoom in on Eddie, and Eddie says, oh, shit, and starts sliding backwards, feared for his life. You got Angle immediately wrapping it on. He does a quick spin. The boot's gone, rolls towards him, roll up, small cradle. It, what else do you want out of this match, dude? Um, it's just two dudes that can work together the best. And one spot that I recommend anyone going to watch, you can check it out on Up and Over Pod Instagram account. Um, I posted a reel, I believe, today or yesterday. Um, the sequence of Kurt putting Eddie on the turnbuckle, and he goes for what would only be, you'd imagine, either a superplex or the belly-to-belly. And he runs up, Eddie shoves him down the first time. He comes running back, throws him down a second time, shoots for a frog splash, and... Kurt rolls towards the turnbuckle. And this is all within about 10 seconds. I mean, the beginning of this segment, the crowd is sitting. And within six, seven seconds, people are jumping up and down out of their feet because it is just, it's just so fast. And when you have such a slow build and then you have this crash of a moment, it's, it's hard to not put this, like I said, in the top. So four and three quarters, it's hard for me not to give it five because, I mean, goddamn. Two of the best at their best. I thought you were going five. Truly, I want to, man. I you really said, do want you to, said, but... what else do you? What else could you want from this match? And I was like, oh, he's going five. He's doing it. I he's pulling like the trigger. I feel like it's a five star. It's hard like, to give it a five, but I feel like if this was on any other pay per view, like the same, if you just took the whole match and then put it on a different pay per view that wasn't four and a half fucking hours long, like it would easily, but it's like I feel like yeah. all of our brains are just fucking melted. So it like warps that perception of it a bit. And it pulls from the crowd too. I mean, they've been there having to deal with the shit all day, right? So we're like at least um, three hours in at this point, right? Of for sure. Yeah, we're yeah. deep, deep. Uh, Pat, what you got, bud? Um, okay. Uh, well, I initially gave us five stars. Um, yeah, it wasn't that hard for me to do that until Cortland said, well, if you give this five stars, remember the main event. And it kind of fucked me because I don't know which match I like more. I love them both. So I'm going to 
I bring us know. down a notch to four and three. I'm not gonna give the I'm not gonna tell you what I'm giving main event. But regardless, this match is damn near fucking perfect. Yeah. It's it's just amazing. It's crazy to watch the crowd go from I mean, it looked like they were all ready to go the fuck home before this match started, to like being excited midway through to being everybody standing on their feet by the end of the match, everybody just excited about what happened. The finish to me sold it. That was what wanted made me want to give it a five star because I mean it's a classic. The fuck do you want more from Eddie Guerrero at WrestleMania? But a fucking Good shit. stealing a fucking victory. It's the most bro, Eddie like, shit possible. Never seen before. Mm-hmm. On top of it, the and- the smoothness of him kicking the boot off too to the front flip, just a smooth boot somersault, pushes back, roll up. It was just perfect, man. Like I I fucking love Eddie Guerrero. RIP, obviously. Um, and I love the match. Four and three is where I'm going. I love it. Um. So like I said, man, the promo package ruled for it. The match was fucking great. Um, this was storytelling in waves, right? You had Eddie take the risk outside after going tit for tat for a little bit. The risk outside hits his, like, you know, lands on the barricade, hurts his ribs. Then you work the ribs for a little bit. Then you build back. Then you have Eddie with the fire back. And he was, built like, working from underneath. And then you have the ankle stuff. Like, this was fucking excellent, man. This was so good. Mm-hmm. Um... Eddie going for the frog splash and then Kurt getting up and hitting that top rope belly to belly. It's to be expected from Kurt Angle and it still pops me every single fucking time, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you it's not the same it? spot he went for multiple times in the match, but still when he pulled it off, you're like, fuck yeah, that was sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, strapless Angle emerges and this shit turns into overdrive. Man. Like, it is fucking on like Donkey Kong. Um... Then you have like a bunch of near falls, the close submissions. Then you have Eddie untying the to relieve pressure. He's not even thinking of like for the win. He's trying to survive, and then he uses it to win. It's just good shit, man. Um, the crowd went fucking nuts when he got the pinfall too. I went four and a half on it. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, and and really now we're past all promos. We're just jumping from match to match. We get a, a marquee matchup, which I remember the pay per view for this match specifically. Funny enough. Um, we get Kane versus The Undertaker. Here is the quote that I have written down. As Kane makes his entrance, you have Jim Ross in the most casual voice. Not yelling. He just says, he is a psychotic, hideous monster. And I had to pause it and rewind it twice because I had to hear it again. Um, Jim Ross actually speaks with fear when he talked about Kane at this time. And I loved it, man. Everything about it was awesome. Um, at Survivor Series, Kane buried Undertaker alive. Uh, Kane refused to believe that his brother was still alive. He thought he killed him. Um, so much so that once he makes his entrance, he actually looks up the ramp, and if you read his mouth, he like read his lips, he says, "You're not coming back tonight. I buried you alive." Um, the lights go out. Paul Bearer's voice comes over the speakers, and the crowd goes fucking bananas. Um, you, it's good stuff. You get a. Uh, you get the Druids out with Paul, and Undertaker returns as the dead man. Uh, there's a quick shot. It's like they were switching from camera to camera so fast. But there's a quick shot of Kane losing his fucking mind in the ring, and I loved it. Um, they had to cut away. Also, the Druids uh, caught themselves on fire. Yeah, they Did they to, really? They had to cut away because the yeah. last two that were coming out, like a bunch of fucking flames were coming out. And so you literally you just can see hear... their fucking feet. You can hear fire extinguishers going off. 
Just I need to rewatch it. Yeah. The whole time, so they and had to cut away from it. And you, you like literally see footprints like you would in like fucking Grand Theft Auto if you like stepped in blood. It's like uh, fire, fire, fire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they doused those things in, but they were dripping flames. It was it was sketchy. <laughs> the match was forgettable at best. Um, <laughs> but it's it's important to know that it did not overstay its welcome. Um, Undertaker's uh, entrance was almost really? as long as this whole match, which was so sick. I enjoyed that. But Dead Man Taker always has seventy-five minute long entrances because he even when he to... had a bike as the other fucking Undertaker, American Badass you Undertaker. Come, you gotta come. He out, still... You gotta come down the ramp. You gotta go around the ring. You gotta go back up. You gotta do it again. You gotta rev it a couple times. So you gotta make sure you get the kickstand down because I think those are all rentals. <laughs> like, you gotta make sure everyone sees the bike. It's, he just <laughs> likes the attention. Yeah. Um, anyway, Taker hits the pin, uh, the tombstone for the pinfall victory. I went two and a quarter. Cortland, what you got, my man? I gave this match three stars. Here's why. There's the gentleman's it's not three, about the son match. of a bitch. It is not about the match itself. It is the story. Um, <clears throat> this is one of the greatest stories in professional wrestling history. Um, and like I said, it's not about the match, even though it it, it had its ups and downs. Uh, Kane's selling is the best, um, even to the beginning of this match. And Taker's already taken off his big-ass hat. He's standing there, and he's already done his eye-roll thing. And then they're just standing there, and this crowd is fucking losing it. And Kane even closes his eyes, and he says, you're not real. And he puts his hand out to touch him. And as soon as he touches him, Taker punches him. And it's like, it's just the little shit like that that makes it special, you know? I remember begging my dad to order me this pay-per-view, and it was because of the main event, and it was because it was Undertaker's return as the dead man, you know? And then you have, it's it's the story. Uh, it's hard to give any of their matches lower than three for me, just because the story, in my opinion, is one of the greatest. But... If you take the story away, this is a two-star match. Literally. Yeah. But it's a story, man. Shout out Bruce Pritchard for creating Kane. Because goddamn, dude. One of the greatest gimmicks of all fucking time. Let's stay in the room. Pat, what you got, my man? I gave it two stars. Um, theatrics alone is great. Story's great. The entrance, Undertaker's entrance is fucking iconic, bro. But I didn't really love the match that much, dude. Um, I remember being a kid and watching this WrestleMania and being fucking pissed after this match. But that doesn't, you know, take away from the story and the theatrics and the entrance itself. And Kane selling the fuck out of this. But yeah, I'm not a big fan of the match itself. So yeah, I'll go two. I can go two and a quarter, you know? Two and a quarter. Hey, that's all right. Casey, what you got for me? Um... I were I already had this up here, but this right behind my shoulder is a signed Paul Bearer eight by ten. I love I love that man. I forgot that he comes back for this because like it's been a while since I've watched this whole pay per view. So like I I got really excited. Like I had like the whole like I felt like a kid again because I was like oh fuck I was like I forgot about Paul Bearer. Like I love that man. Like I loved all of it. What was his name? Because no, 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 no. you didn't say, you just said, I love. 
because my tongue went into my throat. It just I swallowed. <laughs> it. Um, can I? Can I? Yeah. Can I add something real quick? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment, Chicks. You speaking about Paul Bearer made me think about it because there's a moment where he breaks character on the side of the ring. He doesn't mean to, but it was just such a ridiculous thing. Um, Kane's going for an up and over on Taker, right? But he's not close enough to the ropes. So Undertaker essentially lands on his fucking head. And you look at Paul Bearer, and Paul Bearer just, like, lifts his arms up like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then just, like, realizes that's what he's doing and just goes right back to, like, being Paul Bearer. <laughs> he's like, Glenn, what the fuck? Do- oh, I'm... <laughs> um it might be controversial i don't know i think that out of all the matches we've watched covering these podcasts so far this is probably one of the better matches that kane has done for sure um yeah minus the part that pat just talked about where he almost kills (laughs) undertaker (laughs) i'm like all that aside i'm gonna give it a three I think I have just, like, too much of, like, the nostalgia part. And, like, yeah, Kane just, like, I, him fucking standing there as a grown-ass man, closing his eyes and carefully walking yeah. up to fucking Taker and touching him. It's awesome. Made me laugh so fucking hard. So I was like, I was like, this is great. I love this. Like, It's awesome. It's, it's too good. It's, like, yeah. Kane, I feel like we're just starting to realize that Kane kind of fucking sucks as a wrestler, and it's like kind of eye opening. But like, I also, distinctly I remember like making well an argument, uh, making an argument for Kane, like, "Oh man, he's being slept on. He sucks. He's a Royal Rumble guy. That's <laughs> all he you're is. Like, he's good for spots. I think the uh, the upside is is that him and Taker do mesh well together. Uh, so like, it helps a little bit, but like, it's. As it's, it's gone on, it, it like hurts because we're just. I love him. I love <laughs> the character take of Kane, but like, God, he's just not, not good. Ethan hmm. uh, went two and a half for the theatrics and the story alone. Um, with Taker and Kane, especially Kane, you got a ceiling for sure with how good the in ring is going to be. But you're not going to get a better, more nostalgic and fun, good story. I mean, you know, this didn't bring me down from the high I was on from Angle and Eddie at all, honestly. Because it was its own thing, you know. And, like, looking back and seeing Paul Bearer show up, I mean, you know, I really don't have a bad thing to say about it. You know, it's not an amazing match, but it's not supposed to be. You know, I don't want these dudes out here trying to have a fucking five-star match. You know, they do their thing, and that's what makes it great is because it's different. Than any other big matches on this card, so two and a half for me. I like it, fellas. We oh, yeah. officially. I, uh, oh. I'm sorry. I just wanted to add one thing. MSG having that, like the hard camera, be the the screen right there, and having that promo shot of Kane, and then the cross. I remember that shot so vividly that anytime I think of WrestleMania 20, that's what I think of. I don't think of the main event. Or anything else, really. I just think of Taker, Kane, standing in the middle of the ring, and then that shot of the MSG like screen right in the middle. It's it's just badass, man. It's nostalgic, like Ethan said. You can get through this main event, so Ethan gets some sleep, bro. Oh man, <laughs> I've almost been up twenty four hours, fellas. We are we are at the penultimate uh, finish of WrestleMania twenty. Um, we get Triple H 
defending the big gold, the uh, World Heavyweight Championship against Shawn Michaels and Chris Benoit threat match. Um, this crowd was pro Benoit from the jump. Um, very obvious who they wanted to win. Um, you get Michaels and Benoit starting off by beating up on Triple H before focusing on one another. It eventually spills to the outside, and you get a big fucking moonsault from Shawn Michaels from the top rope to the outside. Pretty badass. Um, Benoit slingshots Michaels into the turnbuckle, but instead he hits the ring post, and it is the perfect blade job. Um, you see him as he's about to be Yo, slingshot. It's, it's, dude, it's so dude. smooth. It's so smooth. He's it's like, so smooth. David goddamn Copperfield, I had to go back. So I was like, how the fuck did he start bleeding? <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, and it's immediate, right? He got himself so good that by the time he hits the ring post, boom, he flicks his hair back and you hear the crowd groan from how bad the blood is already. <laughs> um, you had, uh, you know, some other cool stuff. It, it, that was a seamless like moment there. Um, then you have Shawn Michaels and Triple H double team Chris Benoit hitting a suplex from one announce table to the other. You have Triple H get some color, um, and then the ultimate finish. I mean, you have Shawn Michaels go for the uh, the sweet chin music. Chris Benoit dumps him to the outside, and then you get a crippler crossface, which felt like forever. I mean, they had you suspended for so long, and uh, Benoit I mean, he held it for. Two minutes, I think. It's like just shy of two minutes, maybe. God, and you have Triple H going out, but not yes. going out. His arm's up. He drops it, and he barely catches it. The crowd groans again. They were eating out the palm of their hands. Um, oh, man. Uh, you get a, a, a win for Chris Benoit via Crippler Crossface, um, submitting Triple H, your champion. So there's no question that Benoit is your champion. After the match, you have Eddie Guerrero come down um, after... Benoit gets off the rope, like off the top turnbuckle, like he's doing his pose, comes down. Benoit and Guerrero, they have a hug. They're crying. It's a beautiful moment. The confetti's flying. I feel like that's like one of the more iconic moments in wrestling. Um, Pat, I'm going to start with you, man, because you had made mention okay. about potentially going five. What are you going here, man? Do you have anything else? And I'm going to go five. Um, um, to add to it, not really. I am going to go five stars, though. Um, this literally um, is probably my favorite WrestleMania match. I fucking love this shit. I remember as a kid, it being my favorite WrestleMania match to the point. And I remember literally crying when Chris Benoit won the championship. Yeah. I remember how excited I was. And I remembered yesterday re-watching it, just reliving that, like, excitement and that emotion. Just like that. Like, it's just fucking beautiful, man. This shit is great. Shawn Michaels is fucking amazing in this match. Just the selling, the blade work, Triple H doing his cerebral assassin shit where he's sitting on the sideline waiting for an opportune moment to attack when he gets his little gaps in. The table spot was sick. Like, the match is just amazing, dude. And I've, I've probably I've probably watched this match like a million fucking times, and I'd never get tired of it. I love it. I love that. So, yeah. Cortland, where'd you go, bud? I went four and three quarters. I tied it with Eddie and Kurt match. Um it's it's so great and like when you look back at what we just said about the Eddie and Kurt match you put this match on any other pay-per-view it's five stars every single fucking time mm -hmm. but I've just sat here four and a half hours this is what I wanted though you know this is truly what we wanted we wanted Benoit to win I mean before the match even starts you have 20,000 people screaming let's go Benoit you know um but like you get all the pieces of this 
story, right? You get the double suplex from one announce table to the other. You got a bloody-ass Shawn Michaels who immediately rolls in the ring, looks at Triple H and says, come on, you yeah. son of a bitch. And that's, let's do it one-on-one. On one. Yeah. And you got Triple H looking at the crowd, shook, ghost white. And he's like, you want me, motherfucker? Let's do it. And then he just runs in the ring, and they just trade, man. And this is the coming. This is everything everyone's wanted. It's finally the idea of Sean Triple H main event at WrestleMania. Benoit's out of the picture, right? And then Benoit's back in the picture. And then neither of them even win the match, dude. But I feel like, and that's the thing that's so great about this match. It's like kind of unanimous with this crowd mm-hmm. that it's fuck Triple H, no matter what. The mm-hmm. vibe of this match is is that Triple H has to go home without the belt. Yep. Right. That that is the consensus of this crowd. Everyone wants that. Um and the hold, the long ass hold of the cross faces in this, uh there's a spot where Benoit does a sharpshooter to Triple H and the camera angle is fucking perfect, man, because he's just holding it, holding it out of nowhere. Sweet chin music just catches Benoit out of the ring. A simple rollover, and you're like, oh shit, Sean's going to take it. No says I, Benoit's back in less than a minute. Like, it's just... There's, there's a so lady many... in the front row that I... this Because t- I knew mm-hmm. what the spot was, that I was watching. And she is front row, hard cam. Doesn't even notice Sean until he's mid-super kick. Until he's mid-sweet chin music. And she goes like, holy shit! Like, that's how into this match people were. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um... And then you got the celebration at the end, man. This is, uh, it's it's hard to look back on. It's sad for me. Um, I have in my hands uh, my prized possessions, things I've had since my childhood. And that is the big gold on Benoit. It has never came off of him. And then I have a OGWF Benoit card that sits on my case or in my glass case year-round. Because... This match truly was everything that I wanted it to be, um, even with it being a triple threat. So, like I said, four and three quarters. I'm sure five years ago I would have said it was a five-star match. Um, and it might damn well be. And I might come back and watch it again, just this match, without watching the rest of this card and say that it is. Um, so, I, I don't know what I'm saying, dude. I know it's a five-star match. It's five-star fucking match. <laughs> Somebody can take it from me. Ethan, I see you lubing up your uh, vocals over there, bud. Why don't you take it from here? Um, so this is definitely the best match I think we've covered since doing this podcast. It's the highest one I've rated. Um, And like Pat said, it could be my favorite WrestleMania match. I don't know. I'm trying to think. That's, a, that's another discussion. But I went four and three quarters on it, um, just like Angle and Eddie. Um, it, I enjoyed it even more this go around. I've seen it three or four times, but it's been so long that watching it back again, it just, I was, I honestly felt even more emotion every time I watch it. And, you know, not to delve into the Benoit shit, but watching his shit, it doesn't really weird me out. Um, because I'm able to separate what would happen two years later versus what, what it was then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. I mean, I'd be lying if I'd say I didn't fucking start and feel my eyes welling up when him and Eddie hugged at the end. I mean, because that's one of those iconic moments. And JR's call on Benoit winning, dude. 
losing his voice, screaming his lungs out. I mean, this is one of the greatest matches of all time, one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. I mean, to With me, you can't deny Potentially the greatest of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So four and three quarters for me. Amazing, amazing match. Casey. Uh, this is an awkward situation to be in. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So first of all, I feel horrible because everyone loves this match to the moon. I'm not saying I hate the match. I'm going to start there. This match is great. My complaint is... You always got a complaint, Casey. I Why don't... can't you just like something? No. I got to hate everything. Fuck I, it. I, I, damn. I'm I don't think that Shawn Michaels should have been in the match. I think oh, it, no. it takes away from his win. The reason why you have a triple threat match nine times out of ten is that you don't want your champion to get pinned or submitted. Who the fuck takes that loss? Yeah, well, it doesn't that make sense. That company doesn't give a shit because have you seen day one? But they do it. But they do They it. don't care. But they do it all the time. That's why they constantly have these triple threat and fatal four ways and like adamantly not a single motherfucker the two other people in that ring, besides Benoit, the people in the back, none of them thought Benoit could be champion. Hence them doing a triple threat because they didn't want to make Triple H look weak. What did they end up doing? He fucking tapped at the end of the day regardless. And then all you really did was just get a shit ton of Shawn Michaels blood all over Benoit. Like, I don't think it helped in the fucking slightest. <laughs> Like, it doesn't take away from it being a good match. I just thought it was unnecessary. I, like, I, I, I feel where you're at. I mean, you know how I can be very fickle about shit. Yeah. Fickle. Um, and I've had, I've read reviews where people gave this three stars, you know, so I've seen yeah, the I, total I other it's... end of it where it's like, you know, people, everything to me, wrestling's just like art. It's going to be by who's watching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? One person yeah. could watch this and see something totally different than what we did. And that's totally cool. And I see those other ends where, like with what you're saying, you know what I mean? If that would have stuck in my mind, you know what I mean? Once you see something like that, it's hard for you to really get that out of your head when you're watching it because you're like, damn, this could have been so much better for Benoit if Sean wasn't here. You know, for me, I got hooked regardless, and it's but I do those, see like, It's one of those vice at. versas. It's like if it was – if Sean was champion, it was Ben – it was Sean and Benoit or if it was Sean and, and – and, or Benoit and Triple H, like, I feel like those would have yeah. done – equally as good i just i feel like it doesn't make logical sense to have and, them in that situation and my thing with it is the reason i can see it too and this goes back to a personal thing i'm not a fan of the Shawn michaels triple h feud and it's been going on almost a year and a half two years at this point why do you still gotta keep inserting them back and continue this fucking melodramatic shit so i get it i still stick with my four and three quarters i thought yeah. it was awesome how they pulled it off but i get I get any reason why anyone would be like, damn, yeah. you know, this could have been better. I will Casey, say, any, we'll, any person that gives this a three needs to fucking reevaluate themselves. <laughs> needs, needs to sort yeah. their shit out. Like, I, I have gripes about it, but I'm not taking away from the fact that it's a great match. It's just they didn't make yeah. a lot of sense to me. And, like, knowing other things that come out later and having someone like Bruce literally confirm that, like, they didn't think that Benoit was even close to being ready. It's like, well, like, fucking, what was the point then? Like, you gave the man the shot. He did a good job, all things considered. Like, trying to still just not bring up the other shit. Yeah. Um, what does Benoit need to do to get ready? 
Like, that's Sorry, the thing. That's like, yeah, like you all, like we had like his insane matches with Kurt Angle and everything else that he's done for the several years that he's he been with the company. Before that, like, he yeah. had matches with he had matches with The Rock early on. I think like 2002, like 2001, like just as he broke in. And there are main event pay per view matches against The mm. Rock that are fantastic matches. Yeah. None of them that I can remember were bad. And we're years down the road from that when he held his own against what you believe is the best. And you're at WrestleMania 20 and you still think he's not ready. It's just fucking ridiculous. It, yeah. It's not that you don't think he's ready. It's fucking politic. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. I think, and that's a, like, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to go four and a half on it. Like I said, I don't think it's, I just wanted to like get that off my chest. <laughs> that like, oh, it's just it like, like watching it and knowing all that, it just like made me fucking irritated. And then like, yeah, like I just, I don't think that the blade job was fucking remotely necessary. <laughs> No, it's, but it was awesome. It's fucking cool I will say, shit. And yeah, like, mind, if you take to. if you take other things away and you just have that that shot of Sean and Triple H and he's like, "Let's get this on, motherfucker!" Like that's one of the dopest fucking things that's ever happened. But like, I just didn't think it needed to be in this. Yeah, I mean, half of what Sean and Triple H do in their respective careers isn't necessary. Yeah. All Let right. me learn y'all real quick. Y'all are coming at this the entire wrong way. Shawn Michaels gets added to this match because it makes it even more improbable for Chris Benoit to win this match. And here's why I say that. Triple H hits the pedigree on Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is laid out, out cold. Who comes in and makes a save when he is literally ruled out of the match? They have medical, like they're calling for medical attention down to ringside for Chris Benoit. Who comes in and makes the save? Chris does. This is... The Daniel Bryan story before Daniel Bryan happened. That's what this is. It's somebody who's improbable to win this match, overcoming an even larger obstacle. Let's do some Steiner math, man. 33 and a third chance of winning here. Shawn Michaels knows he can't beat Triple H, so we're not even going to count that. And he still gets it done. Yeah. My first five-star match on the Up and Over podcast. Yeah. Also this another was, round because this is, I believe, also Pat's first five star. This for sure. Pat and I in sync today. Cortland took him a little bit to get there, but he got there. The trifecta, the three musketeers today. Um, well, come on up, bud. I just uh, <laughs> dude, I, I'm in the same boat. Like I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna get five stars yeah. to. <laughs> the unfortunate part about this match is knowing what happens with Chris in the next two years. And knowing that this match will not be celebrated nearly as much as it needs to be because yeah, no. of what he did as a human. It, and go, it literally it's... goes from being bigger than fucking Hulk slamming Andre to fully to fucking fades to nothing. Buried brought, under the building. Like I brought this up to Cortland yesterday because uh, Jay... JR kind of touched at it, but this was uh, his actual first match after he moved to Atlanta. Yeah. This is his first really? match. And it's one of those things about Benoit that a lot of people didn't know. Like, WE thought that he would be more likable if he lived in the States, and they announced him from the States. So they moved him to Georgia because yep. they thought he'd be more liked as an American than he would be a Canadian. Real shit. Because that That's had crazy. That had anything to do with his character. We were in <laughs> pro America <laughs> times, bud. Yeah. Like, it, Oh no, Chris Jericho, people love him. People love that he's Canadian. Chris Benoit, 
We hate your American. We hate your Canadian. Like, what is that? Uh, that makes yeah. no fucking sense, man. Yeah. Um, this it ruled. I feel like Shawn Michaels added so much flair to this match because there's moments where you were like, well, Benoit's out, so I guess we're back at this. And then Benoit builds that hope back up. I just think that you came at it a little wrong. And if you change the, the viewpoint of it, boom, and you, you make a 90-degree turn, nope. I think you'll enjoy the match more. Um, but no. you're just a cynical old piece of dog shit, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> that Batista turn. <laughs> you know what, though? Can I say something? <laughs> I'm just so glad that it's Casey that the Shawn Michaels discourse is with and not me. Because I, I didn't say a damn You're word. a fuck when it comes to it, man. You are. What did I give this match? Four and three quarters? Did I say give a bad thing about it? Did, you yeah. didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. I love the match. You didn't. If only you guys knew the cause of my effect just then, the amount of times that I would be sitting there peacefully at the house, and then Ethan would just be like, yeah, fucking Shawn Michaels, the piece of dog shit. That's <laughs> where it all comes from. <laughs> well, not to, uh, not to break your heart, Ethan, but I do believe that two out of my top three favorite WrestleMania matches both have Shawn in them. So, is it the Undertaker Sean or is it Ric Flair Sean? Yep. It's Undertaker Sean. Undertaker Sean <laughs> 2? Undertaker Sean 2 or 1? It's a hard toss up. I'm going to have to go with 1 though. 1 fucking Cuz the rule. second one it's fantastic but it's it's a finisher fest. God, it's so yeah. good. Oh, um, great, dude. He almost kills himself. It's fucking unbelievable. He's like, "Oh, cameraman, catch me." All right, fellas, we've officially reached the end of the Reign of Terror. We've officially reached the end of WrestleMania 20, which is also the end of this week's Up and Over podcast. So if you guys are still here, we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Um, for Pat, for Cortland, for uh, the Bam Bam Bigelow impersonator, for uh, Ethan, I'm Mike. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Up and Over Pod, on Instagram at Up and Over Pod. From there, you can find all of our socials. We also do live AEW Rampage recaps on the Up and Over YouTube. Um, so feel free to check us out there as well. We do tweet links and uh, tell your friends about it. We'd love to get some more people in here. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five star review. It makes a huge difference for us and we're easier to be found. So. You guys enjoy your week. We will see you back here next week to discuss, who knows, some more pro wrestling.